such a nice boy <laughs> but uh yeah and uh because we had done like quite a few movies recently and uh as i was kind of like perusing around on the internet i i came across uh ranker.com which i know you have went to often for things yeah i think ranker's a really good site because the people you know they they get to vote on these things it's not a, a it's not a critics thing it's a yeah, pe- it's not, person yeah, thing person thing and yeah Something that he seen there was very surprising to me. Yeah. So if you're running around on Ranker, you come across like things like, you know, they have like music lists and different things. And one of the the most hated Cheeto brand. (laughs) I don't think that's on Ranker. I mean, should be flaming hot because of what it does to your anus. Yeah, I mean, people (laughs) should hate that. Like they're delicious. Oh my god! Right. I have hemorrhoids now. (laughs) Right. <laughs> well, we're not going to get sponsored by Cheetos now. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting that anymore. Yeah, this guy said something about what it does to your anus. We're not going to sponsor them. <laughs> um, that tiger's a dick anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just reminds you of the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so around Ranker.com, they have a list of the... Oh, by uh, the way, Marilyn Manson was born in Canton, Ohio. <laughs> right, yeah. He's actually from Ohio. He's like. closer to the Hall of Fame than any of the recent Bengal players. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh! <laughs> That's very true. Oh, man. Yeah, this went off topic, like, immediately, didn't it? Um, <laughs> but on Ranker.com, they have a list on there that is the uh, the it's the top 20 most hated musicians in America, right? So, uh, and we'll, we'll go through the list just briefly, and then we'll get to uh, what we're talking about here. But uh, we'll go up to the top of the list here. Just to give you some uh, perspective. Yeah, just give you some perspective of like what people claim is the artist they hate the most. Some of these... I'll go ahead and tell you, number one deserves it. There's no way I'm defending this piece of shit. Right, <laughs> So, number one was Chris Brown. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, despite what you think about him as a musician, that whole thing with him and Rihanna, I mean, even if, and I don't know all the details, but even if Rihanna was egging him on, you you don't do that to the woman. You don't beat women. I'm actually surprised that he's still allowed to make CDs because of this, uh, you know, the movement of the strong women and things like that. Um with all the sexual harassment stuff going on. Sexual harassment stuff. All this I mean, stuff. He, he literally just beat the shit out of Rihanna. No one's saying anything about him still making music. Yeah. But they want to say something about Justin Timberlake for doing a Woody Allen movie. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, yeah. 
And then, and then they have like things where if you don't wear the appropriate dress to uh, an award ceremony. Yeah, that's something I have a problem with. Uh, yeah, they did the blackout at an award ceremony, and one of the celebrities wore red. That was the Golden Globes that we just went through. Yeah, that was the Golden Globes, and uh, people bashed her and shamed her for it. So they want strong women, but just as long as they fit a dress code and fall in line, I guess. That's not not how it works. Not how it works at all. They can be strong women. They can wear what they want. They can do what they want. You know, that's how that works. Right. Okay. Uh, But anyway, so number two was Justin Bieber. And the thing... (laughs) I, I, see, the only thing is, is that like I've never hated Justin Bieber, but it's because I don't listen to his music. I don't really know anything about the kid, to be honest. Because I mean, neither of us listens to him, so I'm like, how am I gonna hate on some kid that I don't know anything about? I don't, I don't really have an opinion on it. I have a, a niece that listens to him, and she enjoys it. So I mean, yeah, whatever. Seem, That's yeah. but you know, the, people she's, enjoy his music. I don't really. I mean, and Selena Gomez seems to like him, so I don't yeah. I mean, whatever. <laughs> I mean. But, I mean, the fact that he's, like, number two, it's, like, so really? The second hatest? Yeah. Hated or whatever? Not hatest. Hatest? That's not a word. <laughs> we but should we make can, the, We can make it a word. We can. Hatest. Yeah, <laughs> hatest. What are you? I'm a hatest. I'm a hatest. That I must think, be I what... I think I just invented a religion. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? I'm a hatest. I'm a hatest. <laughs> and so, our entire show is about destroying that kind of stuff. The hatest. <laughs> Yeah. So if you so, hate this show, you're a hatist. You're a hatist. <laughs> <laughs> so number three was Kanye West. Okay. Now, the the thing with Kanye is I can understand this because it, you can say what you want to about him as a musician. He is unfucking bearable as a human being. Yeah, he is. He is he so is. overbearing. Like the whole thing, like when he ran up on stage and interrupted Taylor Swift when she was winning, like, what was it, like Artist or like Rookie, the, you know, it's like, it was like Album of the Year or whatever. And he uh, ran on yeah, stage. Music and, video of the year. Music video of the year. And he Beyonce was like, should have won it and stuff like that. It's like, dude, she did. Yeah. And it's like, he just, he does stuff like that. And then he has like, uh, he has like this God complex that he thinks that he's like yeah. some kind of like, I mean, he even had like the one video where he made himself into like a black Jesus figure. Yeah, and him, I'm like, him he, and Kim Kardashian deserve each other. Yeah, and then like the whole thing when they were asking him about, I think, I can't remember exactly, I, 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 don't, I didn't find the article because I, I what. Didn't think that far ahead, but... They, or give they, a fuck. They, but they asked him something <laughs> about, you know, how he felt about working with, like, Paul McCartney with that one song that he was going to do with Rihanna and, you know, what it was like to work with a legend. And I think he said something like he didn't really listen to the Beatles and didn't care for them or something. Right. And I'm like, okay, look, we're, neither of us are, like, big Beatles fans. I've no. listened to the Beatles. My, my mom was a huge Beatles fan, so I obviously listened to it a lot. But the Beatles is not really my kind of music. If I listen to something from the '60s, it's usually not the Beatles. But the genius. But I don't hate those guys. But the genius behind the Beatles was Paul McCartney. Yes, not Lennon or whatever else people want to think. It was uh, McCartney. It was McCartney, one hundred percent. You got to respect him as a musician and as a legend. You should say, "Oh, yeah, it was great working with him," at the very least. Yeah, but you know, anyway, I, I, Kanye just irritates me. And the other thing too. Like, for anybody who's a sneakerhead and knows anything about his shoes, his shoes are ridiculously overpriced. Those Yeezy shoes that he does with Adidas, uh, to me, those are just a scam. Because you can buy practically the, the same Adidas boost shoes that have the same kind of material in them, and they're like two to $300 cheaper than what you buy those Yeezys for. 
Those things are a complete ripoff. But anyway, not to go off on Kanye West. Uh, but number four was our our good old pals in St. Clown Posse. ICP! Yeah, we already did an entire episode on ICP. We so. did that, so if you want to know why they shouldn't be number four, go listen to that episode. Yep. Number five is Courtney Love. Deserves it. <laughs> uh, I don't think we're going to go over Courtney Love that much, other than nope. we're pretty Pass. sure she got Kurt Cobain murdered. I'm already over it. Pass her name over. Yep. Uh, I've okay. seen too much and heard too much of her. As it is. Right. Yeah. And there's also a connection between her and Marilyn Manson, too, which I'll get into briefly and later. And her and Billy Corgan and her and Lane Staley, who also died with whenever he was with her of a heroin overdose. But, I mean, Jesus. Right. Uh, number six was uh, actually a kind of a combo here. It's Fred Durst slash Lint Biscuit. Okay. Um... But, I mean... <laughs> But, I mean, who hates Fred Durst nowadays? Like, he hasn't done anything in forever. Yeah, why? I, I don't understand why he's on the list. Um, I don't really understand that, because I'm like, just, there's some stuff from Limp Biscuit that I like. Like, their first CD and their second CD were actually pretty good, because I had both of them. And there was good tracks on there. Like, their their cover, like, their hardcore version of George Michael's Faith was, like, actually, like, a pretty good cover for a band that was pretty new. It was better than George Michael's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I like it better than George Michael's version. Uh, but number seven was Lil, Lil Wayne. Um, I don't see that one. I mean, my thing is, is I just, the, the only thing that got me about Lil Wayne was he wanted to talk about like he was the greatest rapper alive. And I'm, I'm like, I can think of every single member of the Wu-Tang Clan as automatically better than you as an MC. And, and then, you know, Eminem. there's Eminem. <laughs> if you want to say you're the greatest rapper alive, you have to take that title from Eminem because yeah. I think he is the He's the, the king. one that owns it right now. Yeah. Um, uh, now number eight was Nicki Minaj, and I'm that, like, I don't get that at all. I don't get that at all because she's I like hated. She's that hated. She's that hated that she's number eight on this list. That I'm like, look, I I do listen to Nicki Minaj at times. You know, I like Nicki Minaj. She's cool. She's also smoking hot too, so that helps. I was about but, to say, who can hate that ass? I mean, yeah, but I mean, look at the look at this picture here. This doesn't even feature her ass, and she's gorgeous. Yeah. But you know, she actually is a pretty good MC too. Like, she's a pretty good rapper. She she's like. A black, R-rated Lady Gaga. Kind of. how her personality is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so number nine was One Direction. I don't even know I, enough about that. I don't know anything thing. about One Direction, People really. People like them. I know they, they're they talented, so, I mean, okay, I don't see that. I don't know what they've done to anybody. I think it's because people, they, they kind of hate that whole boy band idea. They said they hated the is Backstreet Boys. John Mayer? Number 10 is John Mayer, is yes. Is that because he's banged everybody's girlfriend? I think it's just because people consider him to be sort of a douche. Um, and he's he kind of a be. pick to women. Yeah, he but, might be. Yeah, I don't know. Number 11 is Nickelback. Yeah. Uh, we're just going to go right past that. Number 12 is Scott Stapp. <laughs> <laughs> I think he ruined his career when he sung the national anthem at that baseball game. And they're like, wow, this guy cannot sing the national anthem. Right. But, like, the thing the thing that got me, because I even texted Steve about this, I was like, so on this list they have Scott Stapp on here, but they don't mention Creed. They're like, no, the rest of Creed is cool. Yeah. We just take Scott Stapp. Yeah, they're like, Creed's cool. Scott Stapp sucks. Scott Stapp is awful. It's like, wow, that's just really burying the shit out of the guy, aren't they? Uh, I mean, I don't hate Scott Stapp, but Creed isn't our kind of music. Because if I want to listen to something like that, I'll just listen to Pearl Jam. You know? It's not like that. Pearl Jam's better. Yes, exactly. Um, Do you have an argument for that? Email me at 
Don't email me your stupid. You're right. <laughs> yeah, we don't need emails. <laughs> we don't want to see that kind of stupid stuff in emails. But uh, Creed is better than Pearl Jam. Yeah, in what universe? Right. Earth, Earth two, three, I don't know. DC, tell me. I don't Bizarro know. universe. <laughs> um, but number 13 was Taylor Swift. Yeah, and I'm like... Who hates Taylor Swift besides Kanye West? I don't know. Uh, that's the thing that gets me, is it's like, seriously... Did he vote on this like a hundred thousand times? He's like, I hate her. All my Instagram followers, go on there and vote her down, you know, and like all that stuff. But uh, the number 14 is Skrillex. And it's like, and I, I listen to Skrillex every once in a great while if I'm in the mood for dubstep. And yes, I do listen to dubstep occasionally. Um, it looks like an emo Corey Feldman. He does. Because I, I even saw a meme one time that somebody was like, this is Corey Feldman if he was like really emo and was like a, like a musician or like a DJ, you know. Um, but no, I don't think he deserves that much hate. No, he doesn't deserve that much hate. And then we get to number 15, which is our man of the hour, which yeah. is Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson. Uh, and we will go into depth about Marilyn here, but I want to just get to the end of the list. Okay. So number 16 is Kesha. Uh, I don't see that. I, well, earlier in her earlier in her career, I could see it because she kind of I don't know. They thought she was like some dumb party bimbo. Yeah, that's how that she was projected to through her music company. But now that you see that she actually has musical talent, I don't think that matters. That might not last too much longer. No, that that's uh, gonna go away because she's. Yeah, you stopped because you saw seventeen was Axl Rose. What? Yep. Yep, definitely Axl Rose. I mean, he's a dick, but he's basically, he's the poster child of what a rock star is supposed to be. Yeah. Axl Rose is, the de in movies, when you see people do rock star, they do Axl Rose 100% of he the He kind of became the prototype of that kind of rock star. Yeah, that's that's what everybody, everybody's um, thought of what a rock star is, is Axl Rose. He is that guy. So, I mean, I, I don't see it. Because yeah. Because he's, he's the person that everybody wants to be. Right. But number 18 is Sinead O'Connor. I can see why she got that. I'm actually surprised she's not higher on the list because of, you know, the whole SNL incident. The fight the real enemy. Yeah, and she's, she, like, tearing pages out of the Bible and stuff. Well, she tore the, she ripped the, the picture of the Pope is what it was. Yeah, Wasn't yeah, it? The, yeah. the Pope. Yeah. The, the concert was ripping the pages out of the Bible Yeah. But, so she, she was, yeah. But the thing about this is that this list is the most hated musicians in America. Now, as far as I know, Sinead O'Connor is Irish. Yeah. Why is she on this list? Okay, that's She's that's not true. the only one that doesn't belong here. Cause look Bono. At number, number 19 is Bono. Who hates Bono? I mean... He's well, like one of the... I mean, I don't like U2. Because uh, we don't really listen to U2. It's not like our type of music. We're not fans of U2, but... Yeah, I mean... Save that for like the YouTube fanboys like Deftones and stuff. But but Bono has been knighted. <laughs> He's been knighted. He's one of the most generous musicians in the world. He, yeah. he does a lot for charity stuff like that. So I don't hate him. Yeah, and it says on here it says why uh, on the ranker page it says why we hate him. From what is said by many in the music industry, Bono has a bit of a diva attitude. He has often uh, been called pretentious. And many of his bandmates call him difficult to work with. Well, a lot of people that uh, want to be great uh... are divas. Mariah Carey's a diva, but she's also incredibly talented. Yeah, Nicki Minaj, she's... She's a bit of a diva, but, you know, it's your career, so you have to be... Uh, it's like Ricky Gervais said one time, because I was listening to uh, his... 
oh god, what was it? it I think it was his uh, his serious radio podcast that he does. It's uh, this is uh, deadly serious with with Ricky Gervais, and he said that you he said that when it comes to being like a comedian, it's a dictatorship. You have to dictate what happens because it's your career, it's nobody else's. And you have to you have to do the things that make sense for what you want out of your career. So some of these artists are a bit demanding because it's their name on the line. Right. That so means... if you're going to call up Bono for being like a bit of a diva behind behind set, or he's kind of a douche because he's demanding, I mean, look at how many albums he's sold. He's you know like U2 is you know considered one of the greater bands that's come out since like the you know what the 80s. Yeah. Basically, you know, and I mean, I don't listen to his stuff, but I mean, you wouldn't be knighted by the by the Queen and the royal family of England, even though if he's Irish. If you're a piece of shit, you're not going to get knighted. No. So, but anyway, number 20, the end of the list, is Lady Gaga. That's stupid. It is stupid. So, anyway, going back to Marilyn Manson here. Uh, I, think people, I think the reason why people hate Lady Gaga is because she's, like, really in your face about the the... LGBT community and yeah, like the gender equality and like you know defending gay people and stuff like that. Great causes, positive messages, basically saying don't hate anyone because that's who they are or whatever. It's very positive. Most people would just be like, oh, that's a good message. But you know, you have people that want to hate everything. Um, right. And Marilyn Manson, uh, talking about him, number fifteen on this list. Um, which is actually kind of funny because his birthday is January fifth. There's another list you won't see him on. Yeah. Oh, really? That yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, there's another list you won't see him on. The highest selling uh, artist of all time. But the only reason that he's not on it is because um, biased. Um, because I looked at the numbers. I've looked at every list, including Rolling Stones and things like that, on the highest. Uh, Selling albums of all uh, artists of all time, and uh, he's on none of those. Even though he sold over fifty million copies, right? Which would put him ahead of Fleetwood Mac, <laughs> Neil Diamond, Journey, Bob Seger, Guns N' Roses, Eminem, Tim McGraw, and the Backstreet Boys. Oh wow. He's outsold every one of those people in record sales. But yeah. Any list that you Google, he's not on any of them. Huh. He's purposely excluded. Because the, because they're they're going based on well no Eminem's not pop because I was thinking like maybe they're only counting like you know pop artists or like traditional rock artists. No, it's but all Emin all artists of all time. And he's not considered on that list at all. Wow. They purposely exclude him from these lists. That's crazy. <laughs> but, to, oh, just to clarify earlier, I said Manson's birthday was January 15th. It's actually January 5th. I misspoke. Oh, okay. <laughs> because, the fun little fact, if you look at the album artwork to The Mechanical Animals, the one in that's supposed to be one of the I's in Maryland, is a, it's a one, uh, and then he has the S as a five. Because it's January 5th is his birthday. Oh, okay. So that's why he put the numerals in there, because it's like an allusion to his birthday. <laughs> anyway, yeah. continue on. Yeah, uh, so he's got um, uh, Great Album Sells, Portrait of the American Family, which was produced by Trent Reznor, 
sold yeah. two, 2.5 million copies. Antichrist Superstar, uh, which was also produced by Reznor, sold 7 million copies. And then you come to Mechanical Animals, uh, an album that people hated. It went platinum. Um, but the idea was that style of music um, was suggested by uh, Manson's friend, Billy Corgan. Uh, like the David Bowie. The glam know, rock. The glam rock style of music. And uh, he was only going to make it a couple songs, and Billy Corgan told him, no, if you're going to do this, commit to it. It sounds good, just do it. And so he made the whole album like that. Um, uh, Hollywood uh, sold 9 million copies. That was his mm. first CD after Columbine. Yeah, and um, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get into Columbine to a degree in this. Yeah, Colin, uh, Columbine uh, affected his record sales also. It probably Hollywood actually probably would have sold more. It probably would have broke you know, 10 to 15 million yeah. had it not, had that not happened. Yeah, you know? and, and then the golden age of grotesque, uh, it went gold in basically every country. Uh, so a lot of people liked that CD. But mm-hmm. overall, he sold 50 million copies of all of his records. Um, so that that's pretty good. And he's actually on the soundtrack for Bowling for Combine. Yeah. So. And that's, uh, yeah, so we'll we'll get to we'll get to Columbine later after we do some albums, because I think that it's it's important to Manson's story. Just like when we covered ICP and the whole thing that was the controversy about them was the FBI thing. Columbine is the big thing that Manson's had to deal with for quite a while now. Yeah, a lot of those things um, happened to Manson with tragedies over the years and. Uh... He never quite understood it, and uh, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know if anybody really understands it. They were just looking for someone to blame. Mm-hmm. And I do actually have the entire op-ed piece that he wrote in Rolling Stone in 1999, which happened shortly after the Columbine incident. I do have the entire thing. I won't read the entire thing, but I will. We'll read part of it that I think reflects Manson's point of view in 1999. Right. Because it's important. But uh, but anyway, before we get into all of that, uh, the thing on Ranker that, that caught me was like on here, they have uh, on the rankings, they say why the person's loved, and then they have why the person's hated. So on Manson, they say uh, why we hate him. He truly does almost embody the spirit of the devil. He shocked everyone by calling himself an antichrist. Many people also blame his lyrics for the incident at Columbine. Other than that, uh, uh, having the brain of the devil, he also comes across as pretentious. And then he had an affair with the uh, barely legal at the time actress Evan Rachel Wood while married to burlesque queen Dita Von Teese. Yeah, well... You You're going to hate on the guy for banging a girl that's barely legal? That's She's still legal. <laughs> she's legal. You can word it however you want. You're going to make somebody like, feel dude, bad. you banged a girl that like 18 years ago was just born. And it's like, okay. I mean, when you word it like that, that sounds bad. It sounds like I'm a pedophile, but I'm not. She's legal. She's legal right now. And then, you know, she she was a fan. I mean, not, I mean and she liked, she liked Marilyn Manson. 
Yeah. So they had sex. They were both adults. Mm-hmm. They yep. can do that. Adults can do that. You know, women can choose who they sleep with. Right. Without being slut-shamed. This is... Yeah, I mean... Are him being shamed. He right. shouldn't feel sorry for that. Yeah. You know, he, he really shouldn't. You can hate him for it if you want to, but the, then that just boils, boils down to jealousy. But, I mean, the, the whole thing is that, like, people want to... People would say, like... That this is bad, but I'm like, this isn't Jerry Lewis, like, having sex with and marrying his cousin bad. Who was, like, 14. Right. I mean, Jerry Lewis did far worse. And Jerry Lewis, at his time, was probably the only guy that probably could rival Elvis as a showman. Because Jerry Lewis, don't get it twisted, was, like, he was an amazingly talented performer. He's probably more talented than Elvis as far as the whole musical yeah like talent musical talent doing a show uh all that kind of stuff the persona and threw it all away because he had some infatuation with his cousin and married her and all that stuff and it he threw his entire career away and dennis quaid made a great movie about that right yeah that actually was a good movie it's a great balls of fire um, great great balls of fire yep mm-hmm. goodness gracious great balls of fire yeah and the thing nailed is, it boom yeah right. <laughs> but uh you know i think that the thing about like the evan rachel wood thing and then while he was married to dita von Teese, like he's always had like weird relationships like he was he went with rose mcgowan or wasn't he married to rose mcgowan i yeah, forgot he was married to rose yeah and i thought it was kind of funny because when he worked on mechanical animals she did some backing vocals in it like uh um, yeah, uh there was one of the songs i forgot which one it was where uh uh it's not new model number fifteen. It's some. It's one of the other ones. I think it's posthuman, where she yeah, says like, "Hey, hey, hey!" in the background, and that's actually Rose McGowan doing those vocals. Uh, yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting, but uh, I think the thing that's interesting about Manson is that when you go back to like the earlier part of his career, in the early nineties. It was just Marilyn Manson and the Spooky Kids, and they wanted. That's where to... he got his cult following, and um... because he was like a really big deal in Florida when he first started. Yeah, Fort Lauderdale is where he was born in Canton, but he really grew up in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hugh and Barbara, that was the name of his parents. Hugh and Barbara Warner, they're both dead now. Rest in peace. Oh, both of his parents are dead now. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't know that. When did they die? Uh, I think both of them died in 2014. Really? So that was recently? Recently. Oh, wow. Because a lot of people, you know, when they say, like, oh, but his, but his parents are ashamed of what he's become. I'm like, no. They've always supported him. Manson's parents always, like, they went to his concerts about as much as they could. And he, he he's not the kid from The Wonder Years. He's definitely not the kid from The Wonder Years. <laughs> There's a lot of rumors and myth about Manson that we will, we will get rid of. <laughs> it's not him. No argument. Just not him. Because we even looked it up on like Wikipedia to see who that guy was on the. Because we were really like seriously, but our thing was like, the kid looks nothing like him, at all. So why did people think that? I guess because their names were similar. No, their names aren't even similar. So I have no clue. Unless they figured that like, I guess they figured that Manson probably would look like that guy grown up. And yeah, they were yeah. like, oh, well, that's probably, yeah, that looks like Manson when he was, like, a kid. And it's like, no, it's not even the same guy. <laughs> Manson's not a child star that goes totally Macaulay Culkin on people. 
Right, yeah, no, he had a totally different path. And Manson himself even said that when he first, you know, was kind of trying to figure out what to do with his with himself, he was a writer, and he wrote for, uh, I think, it was a, was it a local newspaper, or was it was a campus newspaper, I think, It was Florida. campus, because he went yeah. to uh, college at, uh, uh, Broward. Broward Broward Community College. Oh, okay, and, yeah. And uh, he he went for journalism. Um. Uh, but I think he even says a part of that was kind of knowing how to deal with the media, like because like if you ever hear him in an interview, he's probably one of the best rock stars that you could ever interview because he's really intelligent. He knows how to conduct an interview, and he doesn't seem confused at any time of the interview. He knows exactly what you're asking exactly how to respond to it so yeah it's and probably it, part of his training yeah and the, the other thing too is if you ever watch the video of him on bill o'reilly's show <laughs> which we did we actually watched the clip of him yeah, on good i mean bill o'reilly had nothing to do manson was just carrying it. he just took that entire segment over and it was... i thought he was going to interview bill o'reilly at one point like, <laughs> okay now i got this, this let me let me now. flip this around and i'm gonna start interviewing <laughs> maybe you should have asked bill about what he was doing in the in the workplace harassing all those women yeah if, i'm pretty sure if manson would have known about it he would have just beat his ass because manson's beat some ass before yeah he, he's got into fights i mean he's that dude that threw the bottle at him or whatever and he beat his face in with the mic stand mic you stand don't, you don't fuck with marilyn manson he's not a yeah. dick <laughs> yeah, and, and back in the '90s, you know, because we we watched the clip where he was on Phil Donahue's show, and they were talking about uh, moshing and you know how violent moshing is and all this kind of stuff. And Manson's reaction to that was that he was like, basically, this is what like Christians would refer to as the apocalypse, you know. And he's like, I. He was like, we tell people all the time, do not get on the stage, don't die, don't stage dive. Because he's like, if you come up on the stage, that's like you coming into my place of business, and I'm gonna handle business if you come up there. Yeah, you know, he's not scared. No, and the the other you know thing was that you know people have this they they have these myths about Manson about things that he's done, <laughs> and so these are funny, right? Yeah, so um, uh, one of them that's probably the biggest one because I remember even hearing this back when. When we were in high school, and like I would like you know take like Hollywood to school or something and listen to it like in between classes, and people were like, "Oh, Marilyn Manson wasn't that the guy who had his ribs removed so he could suck his own dick?" And it's like, uh, "Where did you hear that from?" No, no, he didn't have his ribs removed so he could suck his own dick. Actually, why would he do that? That seems like somebody that didn't <laughs> get a chick. Manson has never he's had any type of problems with getting women. No, and that's the thing too. It's like he has this. I don't know, like, because we're not women, we don't understand maybe the sex appeal of that guy, but he definitely has that rock star, uh, like, aura to him where he he can he can definitely get women no problem. I mean, when you look at you some care. of the women he's picked up, like, like Dita Von Teese, like, she's smoking hot. Rose McGowan, at least back in the 90s, yeah, you know? Like, she was smoking hot, you know? Yeah, that, I mean, he, he gets... Why would he have to suck himself off? He can get women to do that. Why would he have to purposely have his ribs... Now, he did have a rib removed because of an injury he suffered in a concert. Because he fell in a barricade, didn't but, he? Yeah, but he didn't literally like go to the doctor and be like, remove these ribs, I gotta suck this dick. <laughs> no, he did not. When so, you think about it that way, you realize how stupid it is. He wouldn't do that. I mean, he doesn't want to suck his own dick that bad. 
I mean, what else does he have Twiggy for? Just kidding. Nah. <laughs> but like the but I was like looking on uh, on the the website Quora, and because uh, a lot of people they can go in here and they can ask questions about stuff. Uh, about things that they want to get answers for, and then people will like respond back with their answers. And it says on here, uh, it says, uh, uh, "Did uh, Marilyn Manson have his ribs removed?" And it says, uh, "Originally, this myth started with Prince. Uh, then, in one of his shows, Manson was seen by police performing oral sex on stage. The police thought it was a man, but it was actually a woman wearing a fake penis." It was uh, it was a way Manson promoted his brand through scandalous imagery. Uh, Manson himself believes that's how the rumor got started. Uh, media frenzy took over, and rumor spread that Manson partook in an operation to remove his ribs in order to be able to give himself uh, self fellatio. <laughs> the fact that there are two artists in this rumor should be a clear indication that it's false. Both artists are known for being eccentrics, not stupid. Uh, Manson is a very intelligent man. In fact, try and watch some of his interviews with, or some interviews with him, and you will be positively surprised. But yeah. the, but the, the Manson whole thing... could give an interview for ten hours, and I guarantee you, you'd listen to every second of it. Yeah, exactly. And you know, then the other like rumor too was that uh, you know Manson was a satanist, and that he's like, uh, and you know. Because he, he actually is, you know, technically, or at least he was, a uh, priest in the Levian Church of Satanism. But that doesn't mean what you think it means. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we don't believe in this at all. But basically what that version of Satanism is, they, they, they don't actually worship Satan or any god at all. They're all atheists. Yeah. Uh, they, they have some version of spirituality, and then they basically... Um, they worship themselves. They practice individuality, and they they basically preach for you to love yourself and mainly care about yourself. So yeah. that's what that version of Satanism is. It's it's you know, kind of it's like it, it, the way that I that I understood it, or I guess the way that it was described to me was that it it's. Um, it's about the ideals of Lucifer, what Lucifer represented in the Bible, which That's was independent. Uh, he was he was an independent angel. He thought for himself. He did for himself, and he was rebelling against God basically. And so, what the Levian Satanism was is like, well, you know, what if you know Lucifer had a good idea? Let's turn that into something because Anton Levay, to a degree, you could say, was basically a cult leader. Because Levian Satanism is but he close to a, a cult. Yeah, but he wasn't a violent cult leader. He was actually a very peaceful one. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm not defending him, but he's never done anything wrong. That I can think of. That I, mean, I can think of. And if, if you know something that, that we don't, please email us, beyondthehate, um, at yahoo.com. Because I'd like to hear about it, because I've never heard anything like that about it. Yeah. Um, but we have uh, a word from our first sponsor. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So, oh, that's what you were working on. Yeah, yeah, so I got us a sponsor. Okay, because I was working on some of that, too. Okay, what did you find on the sponsors? Well, the, the, here it is. So I, I hope this is okay. This was uh, an ad read that the, the guy sent us, so let's see what it sounds like. Okay. Hey. 
My name is Jimmy the Dick Man Jones, and I'm here for all your dickin' needs. Now, if you just can't get dick, if you're ugly, or if you're a millennial, and you just can't get it, call me, Jimmy the Dick Man Jones. Harvey Weinstein isn't going to have to worry about getting dick, so he's not going to call me. Trust me, buddy, you're going to get plenty of that where you're going. Um, okay, I, when, when we were talking about, you know, trying to get, you know, help to sponsor the show, I, I was not expecting that at all. I don't know who that guy is. I don't know who that is. What did he say his name was? Jimmy? The Dick Man Jones? Jimmy the Dick Man Jones. That's his nickname is the Dick Man. The Dick Man. (laughs) I think we're advertising a porn site i don't know like this is just this is strange how do you get a nickname like the dick man i don't know and i don't know i what, don't know what if are, i want to know what are dicking needs <laughs> like is that <laughs> did he say you're ugly or millennial yeah it, it could be both it could be both at the same time who knows um <laughs> well damn uh that's that was that was uh, fucking okay. weird um we got a few more ads throughout this so maybe they're not all by him Okay, <laughs> maybe not. Let's hope they're not all by him. Because um, that's fucking disturbing, yeah, man. Yeah, that dude. <sighs> Jesus. Okay, okay so uh, back, to, back to Marilyn Manson. This just took a turn, didn't it? Yeah, um, let's go to the easier subject, Marilyn Manson. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not people's dicking needs. So, <laughs> uh, whatever the hell that is. But, um, yeah. Uh, so, the thing about... Uh, you know, Manson and like these rumors and things that go around, eventually you end up getting back to his music, which is what he's supposed to be doing. He's a musician. After oh, we're getting all. back to his music? You're getting to his music Shit. now. So, uh, with ICP, we did basically to kind of like give a snapshot of somebody's music. With ICP, we chose basically our two favorite albums, right? Uh, which were The Great Malenko and The Amazing Jekyll Brothers. On this, we decided we would probably take the same way, or do it the same way, and then we would take uh, Manson's albums that we personally like. And, this was Antichrist Superstar. Yeah, and Mechanical Animals. Yes. And so, it's also kind of interesting, too, because if you look at uh, Antichrist Superstar, uh, Mechanical Animals, and Hollywood, they're actually considered a triptych, which is a backwards trilogy the beginning of the story that Manson's trying to tell in these albums actually starts with Hollywood. And then it goes to Mechanical Animals, and then it goes to Antichrist Superstar. Antichrist Superstar is the end of the story that he was trying to tell. The only thing is is that he basically recorded all of it backwards. So Yeah, I mean, it was almost like Star Wars. Yeah. It didn't start in the middle. Right, yeah. Um, and then the Enterprise showed up. And just... <laughs> Jesus, man, the, the Star Trek people are just going to hate us, man. We're going to have to end up doing a Star Trek episode yeah. so that we can actually do Star Trek some justice. So I can say Obi-Wan Kenobi came. No, you cannot. Stop doing that. Yeah, people send us hate comments like, you guys don't know the difference between Star Wars and Star Trek. No, we do. Oh, we know. We just want um, to fuck with you people. Yeah. Just the, just the, you know, trigger warning. We're going to set you nerds off. Yeah. Um, we can't say anything. We're nerds. We're but, nerds. Uh, but anyway, so uh, I went back to uh, something that was uh, pretty good 
for us on the ICP episode, and it was Rate Your Music. Um, because you can go on there and you can, you know, go to an album and then you post like, you know, your star rating, your comments. It's, it's similar to, uh, IMDB for movies, but this is for albums. It's for, you know, people to rate music, which is where the name comes from. So on here, uh, on Antichrist Superstar, you're going to find a, a bunch of stuff on here. And the thing is too, is that a lot of these reviews actually aren't, super old some of them are yeah 2009 2007 2003 you know they're not like super super old reviews so like i've just heard this album <laughs> right yeah so this the first one is actually from uh may of 2017 what yeah so this is a very very recent this person just decided to go on there and leave a comment about antichrist superstar somebody's like i need a hate manson Today. Today. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what it, this is made by Bad Lieutenant 96. And this uh, this time, the number is actually part of the username. <laughs> We're getting it right now. We're finally getting it down. <laughs> uh, but their, their tagline says, uh, there's a tool lyric from the song Stink Fist that goes, dot, dot, dot. Uh, oh, shit. Quoting Tool right off the bat. Huh? In, a, in a Marilyn Manson album review, they're quoting Tool. I had to I had to do this one first because of like I just I was like, Are you sure this guy you... isn't a Tool? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I would imagine Bad Lieutenant might be a Tool. Um, so it says uh, something kind of sad about the way that the way that things have come to be desensitized to everything. What became of subtlety? Uh, and it says, uh, a better question would be what became of sincerity. There's something inherently tedious about this kind of irony in music. The way Brian Warner sets out to shock audiences just for the sake of shocking them. Did he to... just call him Brian Warner? Yeah. They called him by his, uh, his government name. Uh, what a fucking <laughs> And to feed off that publicity. I am so all American I'd sell you suicide. Uh, is the opening lyric to this album. No thank you. Uh, many have praised Trent Reznor's production on this album. I'll admit, it it does a nice job of combining grimy industrial metal tones with big-budget mainstream sound quality, but even then it lacks the nuance, layering depth of The Downward Spiral or some songs from The Fragile. Uh, Starfuckers Incorporated would sound right at home here, though. Starfuckers Incorporated? Yeah, that was on um, well, one of the... Uh, one of the Nine Inch Nails al albums. I forgot which one it was. But that was the oh, name of the song. Oh, I thought that was the company you worked for. No, oh, yeah. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> hey, maybe the Weinstein should steal that because that's what he's always tried to do. He's yeah, trying to be he's a star to fucker. Stars, yeah. <laughs> uh, star. what's, um, uh, not that it's a huge complaint, but the music here doesn't quite outweigh the lack of substance in the lyric slash message. Yeah, because, you know, Marilyn Manson can't write worth a shit. Right, yeah. That's what he started off as. We already went over that. He started off as a writer. And if you and when I get to the op-ed piece that he wrote for the Rolling Stone, you can see how much of a writer he is when he actually can do something like an opinion piece. This music is basically just an outlet for him to get, you know, things that he has inside of his head. Yeah, if Manson didn't succeed at being a rock star, he would be a writer for the Rolling Stones. Yeah, or he would have been, you know, working for like a magazine or, or something like that. But his music career took off and actually became pretty good for him. So he decided to stick with music. And pretty good actor. 
Yeah, he's actually not a bad actor either. Uh, I think it's just because of you know he has to he has to do so much with his stage persona that becoming a character is kind of one of the things that he does. Because in this album, you know the whole point is is that he's uh, he's uh, what is he? he starts off as a worm and then he ends up uh, uh, becoming you know more important and then he like tries to you know become the butterfly right. Uh, yeah. I was trying to remember like what the uh, names were of the uh... yeah here we go so the the way that Antichrist Superstar is broken down is that it has different cycles it has three different cycles and cycle one is called the Hierophant cycle two is the inauguration of the worm cycle three is disintegrator rising and then at the end of that you have the uh well basically the reflecting god and the man that you fear which uh, the reflecting god is an interesting track in its own right because that's what we you know we we always point to that song as like one of the songs that kind of defines that album aside yeah, so from, probably my favorite song off the entire album yeah and then well 1996 also has a, a good bit in it too because at that point, it, that entire kind of section right there in Disintegrator Rising is all basically just like things coming to a head, you know, and, and this person becoming like this, almost like this godlike figure. Like he's even reflecting God. He has the line where he says like, I, I you know. I, I went, went to God just to see. Yeah. And I was, was looking at me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that—that's exactly what he says, you know. I mean, I mean it's called reflecting God. It's kind of right, but uh, but you know, you start this album off with the irresponsible hate anthem, which is a, a pretty good track too. Most most this you know, most this album is great. You can listen to it from start to finish without skipping a track, which is what I consider a great album. Yeah. All of the truly great albums have that quality that they can be, they can be played in sequence, and you don't have to actually change the track at all. Yeah, you know, you get an album where you have like a few singles on, and it's, it, it, you know, it's okay. That's not a great album. That's a that's a good album. Yeah. You know, I see that with the White Stripes and the Smashing Pumpkins and Slipknot. Um, those those CDs, like almost all of them. I can listen to from start to finish without skipping anything. Yeah. Um, even Eminem, most of the times, like, listen to his albums. ICP, listen to their albums from start to finish. I mean, they're, they're just really good. Yeah. Because, to me, if you can if you can make an entire album where they don't have to change the track, then that means that you've actually taken the time in the studio to make every song good instead of like, well, we'll do like two or three singles. Then we'll have a couple of like fill in songs. Uh, we'll have a couple of songs we might play live. We might have like maybe like a slow song here and there. And okay guys, we're done. And it's like, no man. The, I mean, when you, even if you go back to something like, uh, say, I don't know, like old school Metallica, if you listen to like ride the lightning Every song on Ride yeah, the Lightning you is don't awesome. Skip songs on that album. No, Master of Puppets was the same way, and you, you know. Skip songs on their later albums. Right, yeah. When you get to like you know Garage Inc, you're like, okay, because that's mostly covers. But then you get to Saint Anger, and it's like, 
Ah, oh, man, this is rough. Which would have been a good album if the drums didn't suck. I mean, I think that that album probably would be treated a lot better now if if Lars hadn't done that with the drums. I think you're right. Yeah. Because I, the, the songs you, aren't terrible, but they're not great because they, they sound like they're recorded with trash cans. And that's not just, it's just not a good sound. It's just I mean, not. it's not. It's hard to listen to. But then you can go back to something like, uh, like Trapped Under Ice, like on the Ride the Lightning album, and you're like, hell yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, this sounds great. And then you hear the trash can drums on St. Anger, and you're like, what the hell was he thinking that's about? That's the thing that's, it, it stands out so much it distracts you from the songs. And that's not what you want when you make a song. You want a song to, you listen to the whole song, you don't want to be like, what is he doing? Is well, he, like, the lyrics are okay, but the drums sound like ass. Are, is he playing the same exact drum beat in every one of those songs? I don't know. I can't tell. Because <laughs> it all sounds the same. But that's one of the things <laughs> I think about Manson that you can't say is that his his songs are... Each song kind of has its own personality, basically. He's very good at, at, like, sometimes he can have things that sound maybe somewhat the same because maybe the guitars sound the same. But, like, his vocals don't sound anywhere close to the same, Yeah, you know? the, the thing about Man- Manson albums that people hate is the same thing that people hate about... Or that the, they like... No, that they hate about other bands because, like, he changes his sound... From album to album. To, from album to album, which is what you think you would want. It's, you know, something that... You know, Lady Gaga does uh, from album to album. She doesn't sound the same. She doesn't repeat things. Mm-mm. And Manson tries not to either, because he he wants to be somebody that progresses their music. Yeah. Because he's already made this CD. He doesn't have to make the CD again. He needs to make a new CD. Which is what bands struggle with after they're you know around for like twenty or thirty years and things like that. They struggle with consistently finding new sounds so people listen to them. But like we mentioned Metallica, Metallica's case, if they go outside of, you know, their box or whatever, um, they're just not good. It, it's kind of just wasting their talent. Because they have, they have a box of talent in there and they had something they talked about whenever they were, they were young and they had something to say when they came rich and famous and, you know, we've seen them on TV doing like Dr. Com- pepper commercials and stuff like that it's just like um, yeah that's not metallica metallica was the band's like you know fuck sellouts and stuff like that they literally said that stuff when they were young and then they did it they sued napster and ruined mute you know downloadable music for everybody yeah and i think when when you look at this too it's like the comments on these there's a there's a lot of people uh, that feel like Manson experiments too much, and I feel like if you're an artist and you're not at least experimenting to a degree, you're not growing because if every album you make sounds the same, and we both love ACDC, but every ACDC album sounds relatively the same. Now, yeah. that's their wheelhouse. That's how ACDC knows how to make music, because yeah. they've been making it since the 70s. And they're, they're great, but like after the first couple of albums, I don't think they really have singles that come off any of their new albums. Everybody just keeps playing the, the old ones that, were, that yeah. were really great. But let me put in perspective of what we're talking about. If you, if you were like 
musicians are artists. Let's say that you're a painter, and you're the same artist, and you paint the same painting every time because people like the first one, people are going to get old of that painting. Yeah. And you're going to get tired of painting it. So you want to do something new. But then you, you change something, you do something new, and they hate it. The people hate you for it, which was what happened on Mechanical Animals. People were like, well, th- this isn't Manson. It's like, no, this is absolutely Manson. Because he did it. This is just a different version of him. But even Antichrist Superstar is different from Portrait of an American Family to a degree. And Hollywood's different and Golden Age or Grotesque. He went back to like 30 style music and mixed it with... Uh, you know his his music and it sounded awesome. That, that's that's another one of my favorite albums was the Golden Age of Grotesque. I thought it sounded because there's a lot of really unique. good tracks on that too. Yeah, um, that's what I want out of artists is to to show me art. Yeah, not to show me the same thing just so they can sell albums. I don't care about that. That's you know um, Smashing Pumpkins. They're like that. Billy Corgan's always giving you something else to listen to. Yeah. Besides the same stuff. No, we want to hear stuff like Zero again and Bullet with Butterfly Wings. And he's like, I've already done all that. I've done I have new shit now. If you want to listen to that, listen to that. Yeah. I've done it. Now listen to this. Yeah. (laughs) You know? uh, Because, I mean, people didn't like Machina when it came out. They didn't like Ava Adore. They didn't like Ava Adore. And there's good stuff on every one of those albums. Yeah, those are great albums. Just people don't want to give stuff a chance. Right. Um, so continuing on here, and this kind of gets to the crux of what they hated about this. Uh, it says, uh, I know it's a cheap criticism tactic and normally I'd hate to do it, but I can't help but think of the typical Marilyn Manson fan while listening to this. You know, the type jaded gothic teenagers complaining about capitalism and Christianity on Facebook, the kind of militant atheist who is, uh, just as obnoxious and spreading their message as the hardcore Christians spreading theirs. Yeah, we're none of those things that this guy just named. Right. We are huge Manson fans, and we've never been any of those things that he just named. Right. Actually, we know Manson fans, and none of those people fit that description. Right. That is stereotype 101. Yeah, because people think that that's what the traditional Marilyn Manson fan looks like, and it's like, no. Now, you might have been able to, maybe in the mid-90s, find kids that looked like that going to his concerts because they would wear the dark makeup and then have the long black hair and then wear the Manson t-shirts and they'd wear Jinko jeans and they had that kind of thing. But that's what they wear when they go to a concert. They don't, look, they don't wear that kind of stuff all the time. How many people do you see walking around in normal life that have like a, like a band t-shirt on, long black hair, black lipstick, you know, black eyeshadow, all the makeup, you know, long baggy jinkos. I mean, jinko doesn't, I mean, they, they still, even, well, they make jeans, I think, still, but nowhere near what they used to. Jinko used to be the shit. Yeah, jinko was the shit. I have a no. hoodie at the house that's a jinko hoodie, so. You still have a jinko hoodie? I have a jinko hoodie, Sweet. yes. Sweet. Yeah, I, I bought that thing like, what, like 11, 12 years ago. <laughs> it had to have been. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I kept uh, letting girls wear it, and they took them. Yeah, well, that's why you don't give your stuff to chicks. Anyway, um, <laughs> so um, uh, just kidding, girls. We're we're just kidding. 
Although, oh, no, I give all my stuff to chicks. Right, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. kidding. Don't, don't, um, don't come ask for this. But, you know, I, <laughs> one of my exes actually has one of my Cradle of Filth t-shirts, and I never got it back. Still kind of salty about yeah, that. Yeah, it weighs on his brain daily. Yeah, it pisses it's me off. He's me, he's had, like, nightmares. He's like, my Cradle of Filth shirt's all that bitch. <laughs> I'm like, calm down, It John. was one of my Nymphetamine shirts, man. <laughs> that shit was, I love that shirt. Anyway, um... Uh, at least it wasn't a, a, a shirt about Midian. That would have been very pissed mm. if they stole a Midian shirt because that's that's my favorite that Cradle of Filth album. Been hard. That would have been a hard day. Right, yes. Uh, so anyway, back to the... This isn't the Cradle of Filth podcast. This is not the Cradle of Filth <laughs> podcast. Although, we, who knows? We might do an episode on Cradle of Filth at some point. Uh, we I'm, should do it. There's, here's our special guest today, Danny Filth. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't have that kind of money. <laughs> um, I would love to have Danny Filth on the show, though, you know. Just to, like, get his opinions on stuff because, you know, yet again, he's a creative genius just like Manson is. Yeah. Um, he just happens to have uh, very, very offensive biblical t-shirts, which I can't really say on the show because I don't want to, like, really super offend people. Uh, but, yeah, he, they, like, Cradle of Filth had t-shirts banned in England because of things they said on them so uh which if you're easily offended you probably didn't make it to this episode anyway yeah uh, (laughs) i was gonna do a trigger warning and be like look we're gonna talk about religion and stuff like that in this episode but i'm like if you are clicking on a marilyn manson episode you're going to expect that we're going to talk about some interesting religious stuff and violence and especially gun violence and things like that yeah i mean we're not we're not Phoebe Judge. We're not we're not like sugarcoat anything for you. Right. It's a great podcast if you guys want to listen to that. Right. Yeah. But listen to us first. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, let's see here. So, uh, let's go to the next comment. So this well, one. Right before you make that, I'm gonna do uh, our second second sponsor uh, clip. This one's really short. So. Uh, Oh, okay, so is this like a different uh, sponsor person? Uh, yes. Okay. I'm Brian Cushion, and I'm here to crush the pussy! Um, <laughs> wait, Brian Cushing from the, from the Texans? Yeah, that was Brian Cushing from, from the, the Houston Texans. Texans. Okay. <laughs> he, I think he maybe... He paid us some money just to, so he could say that. I was like, Really? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not advertising anything. No, he's just telling us that he likes he likes to crush the pussy. I mean, okay. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> okay. Well, that's interesting. Uh, but the, <laughs> I I think it's it's weird though because of all the things that you could say on a clip, that was the thing he thought was the most important. Yeah, it's like you can say anything you want. And he sent me the clip, and he's like, "That's what I want to say," and I was like. Okay. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Yeah, we we want autographs too, so hook sure, us up. Eight dollars and fifty cents. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, I think it's gonna go to good use. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Um. So. Alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's gonna go straight into some whiskey. We're uh, not I, even gonna I, bullshit. I'm in equipment. Yeah. By by equipment we we mean Jack Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Daniels. <laughs> because that's an important part of the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we couldn't do this show without Jack Daniels. Right. Um, I'm serious. If Jack Daniels wants to sponsor us, yeah, we will. We'll we, drink single barrel if we can get a single microphone. Yeah. <laughs> one microphone. Yeah, one one microphone for a bottle of single barrel. Let's let's hook it up. <laughs> um, so this next comment about Antichrist Superstar is from uh, Moldy Mold. 
Um, mold, moldy mold? How do you say that? Look at that. Is that is that moldy mold? Moldy mold. <laughs> this guy's a rapper. So we got a rapper on our hands, everyone. <laughs> we don't know that. Uh, but this is uh, this is April of uh, 2010. Uh, so this is you know not too long ago. Too soon. Uh, too soon. Too soon. Uh, this one's very very short. I just I had to save this because I was like this is just this is just awful. Marilyn Manson sounding like a constipated devil with shit riffs and a toy drum machine from Toys R Us. Trying to sound dark doesn't make you dark. Looking like a freak doesn't make you a freak. God, he annoys me. And that's it. That's the end of the. That's the wow. end of the entire thing. Um, and for for people who you know talk shit about his drums, I mean, when Manson first started, they had no drummer. He like literally had to use a drum machine when they played live. And then Trent Reznor was like, you need to actually, like, really get a drummer. Like, a for real drummer. And that's funny that Trent Reznor says that. <laughs> yeah. Because he was like, you need to get, like, a real drummer. And then I'm like... And Manson's like, you need to get a real drummer. It's like, drummer. but you don't you really... Don't have he was drum. like, look, I have one when I perform live. When I'm in the studio, I can just let the fucking machine do that. I do everything myself because I love me. Right, yeah. Oh, Trent Reznor loves himself some Trent Reznor. Trent Reznor cannot get along with anyone. Yeah. That's why he has no band. Yeah. <laughs> But don't you think that he also kind of looks like like Professor Snape? He does. He looks like Severus Snape. Or wait, does Kylo Ren look like Severus Snape and Trent Reznor? That's a good point. Shit, Kylo my Ren. mind is blown now. That's it. That's the fan theory. This episode is over. Yep. <laughs> if you if you hear headphones at the table, Steve just said fucking yeah. peace. He's gone. We dropped the headphones, not the mic. Right. Yeah. Because um, we don't hold a mic. Yeah. No, it's Sits on a table. On the table. <laughs> so yeah. if anybody on a podcast tell you they just dropped the mic, they're lying. They they're not holding them. Probably up. fucked up their equipment. Yeah, they but... broke it. They broke it. This shit is sensitive. Right. Uh, so the next comment uh, is uh, by Scott. 50... Veo. No. Oh. <laughs> Scott fifty four fifty four eighty six. I don't know yeah, why they Scott have. <laughs> it, who knows? It could be Scott Veo. I'm Bayo. just kidding. It's not him. Uh, but this is a is July. I think he is. I don't know. Uh, but this is July of 2009, and it says uh, I liked the beautiful people, so I thought I'd give this album a try. Bad idea. Almost all of the songs sound too similar to keep you keep you interested, and on top of that, the sound is bad. Marilyn Manson what? is an awful vocalist, and he probably even knows it. The backing band does no justice for him either. The guitar riffs are poorly played and really just get annoying. The backing band? Right. They <laughs> have a backup band? No. I think he just means like the band in general that plays behind Manson. Oh, because like Tony Ramirez and it sound like uh, there was another band behind this band. The, right, yeah. The the and backing like, band? Yeah, the backing behind the band. band. Behind the band. Those guys suck. Those guys are awful. Uh, you might like the lyrics if you hate the world, but other than that, this album is pretty pathetic. I'm pretty sure Manson just recorded this album to offend people, not to make good music. I guess he enjoys that for some reason. Although, the terrible music is offensive, so I guess he did succeed in what he was trying to do. The fact that this album goes on for an hour and ten minutes just makes it a miserable experience to listen to all the way through. The only tracks worth even mentioning are The Beautiful People, Dried Up, Tied, and Dead to the World, and Defermography. Uh, other than that, this album is pure crap all the way through. A complete waste of time to listen to. 
Well, apparently not, because you did like three songs from it, so... Yeah, that, that's three whole songs. Uh, yeah, you're like, you know what, I hate this album, but I do, there's three songs that I like. Those three songs are really great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, then it says, a complete waste of time to listen to. Uh, oh, and was it completely necessary to do the whole 99th track thing to get you to wait for that one last track, and what did you get? A minute and a half of noise, like you already had, hadn't heard enough mindless noise on this album. <laughs> well, on that album, he actually uh, put in some uh, uh, messages. decodable messages. Right, yeah. Because uh, he thought that would be pretty funny. Just so. Yeah, it's kind of like Easter eggs. It's like, yeah, see if you can figure out what I'm talking about. Plus, the other thing, too, is that the album is is designed so that it can be a cycle. The opening thing that he says at the very beginning of the album, before it does the live version of the Irresponsible Hate Anthem, is exactly the same quote that it ends with at the very end of the album. It's designed to be a cycle. So you start where you end, and end yeah. where you start. It's like Star Wars. Right, yeah. Um, so, But Manson likes to play with stuff like that, too. Because... You know, you have to remember, like, you know, the time period when Manson grew up because, you know, he was uh, he was coming of age in, like, what, like, the, it would be the 80s, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. So, he, was, he was, you know, down with, like, David Bowie and uh, Alice Cooper, Cooper and stuff like yeah. that. He was, he was very influenced on things like that, and that's it's a good thing because people now, especially, like, female artists and uh, rock and metal, seem like very heavily influenced on uh, Marilyn Manson. Even the Foo Fighters' new song uh, sounds influenced by Marilyn Manson. <laughs> and it's the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Dave Grohl. We've mentioned them on the show in the Tenacious D episode. Um, but if you listen to that, I don't know what it's called, but Sky is the Neighborhood song or whatever, the beat is... Almost exactly like a Marilyn Manson song, uh, so that that's that's kind of interesting to me. But a lot of influence has in new music has come from Marilyn Manson. Yeah, I mean he's influenced a lot of different people. Just in even... this in this moment, uh, uh, female rock band, uh, they she's very heavily influenced by Marilyn Manson. Maria Brink. Maria Brink, and she's yeah. amazing. She her yeah. band is great. It's original. Uh, she's not just being a female Marilyn Manson, but you can you can tell the inspiration that Marilyn Manson had. On she's her. kind of a fangirl, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, well, the other the other one that I thought was interesting too, that's similar to that, would be Otep, because I think Otep even said that she that like she's not trying to make herself like a female version of Manson, but that she her opinions and the way that she does like her writing and stuff like that is influenced a bit by Manson. And then even Manson said that when he first heard Otep, you know, play that he was amazed at how good they sound, you know, Otep is great. Yeah. And I, I mean, I listen to Otep every, every so often, you know, um, cause, uh, she has a very, she's a very interesting person because I think she's, she's a vegetarian. I think she's a pagan uh, and like she's all she's like a lesbian too so she's like she's like all kinds of different things like in one person she's got a bunch of shit to talk about. right she has a lot of things to talk about and she also doesn't 
She also doesn't like war and like all these kinds of things. And so you can tell like, you know, women like that, like Maria Brink from In This Moment and Otep from Otep. And some of these women have, t and even Lady Gaga, you can see how she might have taken a few things from Manson because like every time that you see Lady Gaga, she's dressed in something different. She does, she comes up with ideas for things that make people go like, oh wow, that dress is like really fucked yeah, up looking. Yeah, she took a lot, a lot of her performance from Manson, definitely. Yeah, Manson her stage and persona. And, uh, yeah, things like that. Yeah, so Manson has a lot of influences, but when you look at, or he's influenced a lot of people, but when you look at his influences, you can definitely tell where it came from, you know? Yeah, and it gets better. Let's just hope music continues to get better in this way and people keep influencing each other. It's not ripping people off unless you go as far as Creed and Nickelback and stuff like that, which was blatant rip-offs. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, people still enjoy it, so, I mean, I don't listen to it, but uh, I don't hate it. It doesn't affect me any if I don't listen to it. Right. You know, and, and that that's that's something people do need to realize. Like, if you don't listen to it, it doesn't affect you at all. You can choose what you listen to. Yeah. I mean, especially now modern technology where you can play what you want yeah i mean that's one of the reasons i have a music subscription so if i'm like you know hey i want to listen to bagpipe music i can just listen to bagpipe music if i want to but if i want to listen to you know dubstep i can do that if i want to listen to like you know heavy metal i can listen to whatever that's the reason that you know it's good to have variety but i think that like when people say stuff about uh, you know, like hidden messages and why did you do the 99 tracks thing and like that kind of stuff. I think people forget that at one point in the 80s, there were bands like Judas Priest that were being called out for what they thought were satanic messages on their albums. And there was even a court case where they said that if you took uh, one of Priest's albums, and I can't remember which Judas Priest album it was, but they said that if you played it backwards, you could distinctly hear the words do it played through it. And the problem that like Rob Halford had with that was like, well, if somebody plays the album backwards and they hear the words do it, what does do it mean? You know, like does that mean like, you know, do your laundry? Does that mean like tend to your garden? Like, what does that mean exactly? Does, does do it mean like, you know, you have to cut yourself and end your life or you know, that kind of thing. And, and Judas Priest was even, you know, implicated in things like murders where they had, you know, it was like these two guys that basically shot themselves with shotguns. I think the one guy died immediately from a shotgun wound and the other guy, if I remember right, I think he was critically wounded. And then he ended up, uh, I think he ended up dying like later on in the hospital, but they wanted to blame Judas Priest for their lyrics and things like that. And they even went after Twisted Sister. And, you know, because Twisted Sister's uh, fan base was called the SMF, the Sick Motherfuckers, you know? Yeah. And so they, they went after all these different bands because of, like, you know, hidden messages. And if you play the album backwards and, you know, all these little, like, hidden satanic Easter eggs and things like that. Yeah, people used to think that, you know, Kiss back in the day meant Knights and Satan's Service. That's, they thought that Kiss was like a it was like standing for something they like basically thought that you know that was a cult yeah in chicago the album chicago was supposed to have the reverse track on it yeah 
But then, you know, and then people are like, well, if you play The Wizard of Oz at the same time as you play Pink Floyd's, you know, Dark Side of the Moon, that it matches. It doesn't. And it's like, I mean, not really. No, I think some people are like, well, I mean, if you're really stretching things a bit, you can maybe make if, it make sense. If you're on some type of drugs. <laughs> well, if you're listening perfect. to Pink Floyd, guess what you're on? You're on drugs. <laughs> you're probably I mean, on drugs. Yeah, psychedelics, definitely. Mm-hmm. Because... I mean, they're you're cool. on shrooms or you're on PCP or something. Yeah, you definitely have to be. You're right. <laughs> um, so the uh, next comment is by uh, Waldo sixteen ninety two. Is that his birthday? No, sixteen. Now, if he was born in sixteen ninety two, woo man. Because um, uh, <laughs> was six, it was sixteen ninety two was the year of the Salem witch trials, wasn't it? Mm. That wasn't that the wasn't that 1692 if I remember my history might right? Might still be bitter about it. Yeah, he might still be pissed off about that. Who knows? Um, he, that would be an episode: the Salem witch trials beyond yeah. the hate. Beyond the hate. <laughs> Why you gotta be burning witches? Why you gotta be burning people, man? These women did nothing to you. Um, <laughs> episode over. Yeah, right. <laughs> It'd be the shortest episode ever. Um, Stop burning people. <laughs> That'd be shorter than the little John Hand clip that we yeah. made about him being John president. John Hand for president. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, so Waldo here says, you got to respect this guy. He has no musical talent and knows it. He just goes yeah. out there, so, does <laughs> does whatever shit crosses his mind, takes the last name of the most notorious American murderer, which I think is a billion times worse than claiming to love Satan. Different topic, though. Says random shit, pretends to be angry and unhappy with the world, and worships Satan, but not too much because that would cause too much of a stir. Uh, and yeah, morons actually. That's what Manson cares about, not causing too much of a stir. Right, no, he's all about that. Uh, and when I get to the Rolling Stone article, you'll definitely see his, uh, his uh, thought on that too. Uh, and morons actually think this guy is good. Memo to the fat, ugly teenager that thinks this bozo understands him or some shit like that. He is laughing at you and your kind right now. Like I said, you can't knock the guy. He makes millions just for knowing a couple of chords and pretending to be mad at the world. But this is rate your music, and this music blows hard. And, like, when, when, I, when I saw this one, I was like, okay, here's another person that is claiming that they know Manson's fan base, right? Yeah, that insulting it's, Manson's fan base by calling them what, fat and ugly? Fat, ugly teenagers that thinks that this bozo understands them. Fat, ugly teenagers. Manson's fan base. I mean, that could be disproven easily by just, for one, just seeing the crowd. I mean, he has live recordings and you can see his crowd but also it's it's ba- look at the women that Marilyn Manson's been with in his life do they look like fat um fat ugly teenager weird yeah, fat, goth ugly kids teenagers you know does Adida Von Teese look like a fat ugly you know no. teenager <laughs> uh those, and those people were attracted to him because of his music and everything like and that and his personality people his don't personality. realize that Manson in like his regular life he actually has a pretty good sense of humor it's a kind of a dry sense of humor but he's actually a pretty funny dude and he actually has really insightful opinions and people like talking to him because he is incredibly intelligent yeah Johnny Depp's one of his best friends Billy Corrigan Charlie Hunnam uh they're they're all really 
really good friends with Nancy. Keanu like Reeves. Him. Keanu Reeves. He, he, Keanu Reeves loves Manson putting his soundtracks on his movies. You know, John Wick, The Matrix, The Matrix Reloaded. Yep. Uh, that's all Manson. Yeah. Um, and because, you know, when you look at, like, the celebrities that he's, like, friends with, it's like, those kind of people, would you say that any of those people would fit that typical, like, Fat goth teenager. No, I don't think Johnny Depp at all fits that. Charlie Hunnam definitely doesn't. Definitely doesn't. <laughs> Charlie Hunnam's a beautiful man. <laughs> he is a beautiful man. Ripped as shit. Great actor. Yeah. Uh, Billy Corgan definitely doesn't. I mean, Billy Corgan has his own thing. Yeah. With, with the own people that bash his fans, too. Yeah. Um, and who knows? We might do it beyond the hate on Smashing Pumpkins, because there's some people that hate his voice. And all that kind of stuff. I have a Smashing Pumpkins expert when we, if we do that episode, that will be on the show. Yeah. Um, because uh, I feel like there would probably be enough hate for Billy Corgan and the pumpkins in general to probably do that, but undeserved hate. We'll we'll get to the we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there, but yeah, there will be um, a lot to talk about. That episode might be two weeks long. Who knows? Right. Uh, so the last one for the Antichrist Superstar album. Or actually, there's two. One of them's only a, like a single sentence. But here's the last... Fuck this album! There is the last big comment. Uh, this is made by uh, West Knife. And this is uh, July of 2007. Who makes their username West Knife? Is he a Kanye West fan? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, who knows? Who doesn't want to take a knife to Kanye West? I don't know. Uh, who knows? I don't know where they get some of these usernames. Uh, but anyway, uh, it says, There was a time in my life, high school to be precise... When I was still discovering a lot about music and I still had a lot to learn. And like many before me, I went through a heavy metal phase. Of course, at the time, to me, heavy metal meant the popular metal acts of the day, such as Tool, System of a Down, Korn, and of course, Marilyn Manson. Now, what about that list says metal to you, Steve? Um, the only one that says too much about metal to me is Marilyn Manson. But, like, System of a Down's probably the most metal thing on there. Uh, and yeah, corn, I mean, kinda. I mean, early corn was more metal, but I've, I've never considered a metal just kind of like rock. I don't really know. Yeah, corn is kind of weird because it's hard to put them in that box. Tool is definitely not metal. No, tool to me, is tool is like hard rock to me. Whisper rock. I don't know. Turning your back to the crowd and mumbling into a microphone. Because he doesn't rock. want a picture taken at him. I'm not paying my money for that. Yeah. But, uh, but hey, look, you can see me on Pussifer in Perfect Circle. <laughs> not to go off on a tangent about Maynard James Keenan, because there's stuff about Tool that I do like, and then there's stuff that bothers me about Tool, which is the way that Maynard treats his audience, which is reprehensible. But Maynard is a, a pretty good writer. I don't think he really understands how to perform that well. because Tool has one of the greatest drummers. In all of music. Yeah. Which is what I think Danny draws Carey. people to Tool. Yeah. Not Maynard. I think the drummer draws people to Tool because he's yeah. what makes the sound of Tool. Yeah, because the drums, exactly. for some reason, are really highlighted in Tool, and it's because of Danny Carey. But it's like you don't go to that because you're like, oh, you know, I really want to see the performance of Maynard. Because you're going to see no performance. You're, you're going to see, see no. turned away from you, and you're going to hear him sing. So He's going to mumble talk through the whole thing. Unless... Unless you're going just to see the drummer, don't buy a ticket to a Tool concert. There's, there, there's going to be no performance. 
Yeah. It's not uh, going, it's not like going to Slipknot where they, like, give you the show of your life. Yeah. Or, you know, they have Joey strapped into a drum kit that can be flipped upside down and, or flipped on its side, you know, like in disaster yeah. pieces. Yeah, it's you know? pretty sweet. If you guys never have seen that clip, just look up, just as a little side note since we're talking about it, go into YouTube or whatever you have to go to and look up the clip of uh, the Slipknot tour for disaster pieces. Uh, they made a DVD about it. And there's a drum solo in there that's done by Joey Jordison that is fucking amazing to watch. Like, if you guys thought that, you know, uh, like Motley Crue could do some cool shit back in the day with Tommy Lee... Tommy Lee gets his this the floor wiped with him with Joey. Yeah, times what Tommy Lee did by like twenty. Yeah, take that times twenty, and then you know what like Slipknot's drummer can do. But anyway, <laughs> um, and so it says uh, it wasn't until a little later on when I discovered uh, other much more talented and challenging metal bands, not to mention all the other music I've been into since then. So I bought this Marilyn Manson album on CD, and even at that point in my life, I still didn't like it. Even when I thought Slipknot was the height of badass, there was always something overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly fake-sounding about Marilyn Manson. None of his purported anguish or hate for mankind seemed real at all. Uh, even the most avid anti-fan of Nine Inch Nails, for example, would have to admit that there's a certain honesty to Trent Reznor's music, even if his range is somewhat limited. Marilyn Manson does not have that honesty, although he emulates the same style very much. Uh, and it says, uh, as for the actual songs, need I go into them? Beautiful People is the only thing here that even resembles Well Known, and it's the only halfway decent track on this record. It's pure camp, but it's kind of fun in that, in that sort of way, I guess. Otherwise, this is chock full of half-baked ideas and poorly conceived industrial metal. Uh, yeah, I already talked about how this entire album has a concept to it, and if you bought the album, you'd be able to look at the album artwork and you would know that not only does he have images in there that talk about what he's trying to do, but it also has the individual like sections labeled. And so if you don't know what a hierophant is, you can you know look it up on the internet and figure out what that means. He has a, not be retarded. Yeah, he has a he has a concept of what he's doing here. So to say that this album is half baked and he's not really into this, no, he put a lot of work into this album. And for a lot of people, this is basically Manson's magnum opus. That's what this is the album that people feel like is the some people feel like this is the best Marilyn Manson album, Antichrist Superstar. I'm one of those. Yeah. And so you know, to say that there's like half-baked ideas in here, you bought the CD. Like, this guy literally says, I bought the CD, I have it, I own it, and I still don't like it. And it's like, if you didn't like it, why the fuck did you buy the album? Or did you buy it and then realize, like, oh, I really don't like this. It's like, but why would you buy the CD if you didn't like it? That doesn't make any sense to me, you know? Uh... Because people that do this kind of stuff, like when we cover movies and they're like, yeah, you know, I went to go see this in the theaters and I wasted my money. And it's like, your expectations of what things are supposed to be and what they actually are are a lot of times dra dramatically different. Uh, but it, it says, uh, here to finish that point, it says, the whole point seems to be that this CD will disgust your parents and whoever else 
happens to be listening in, uh, listening in. Lines like, I wasn't born with enough middle fingers are supposed to be offensive, but the most offensive thing to me, besides the quality of the music itself, is this. After the album's last song, there follows a slew of blank four-second tracks until finally comes the payoff at track 99. What is this thing we've been waiting so patiently for? A minute and a half of noise and static. Thanks for nothing, Marilyn, if that is your real name. It's definitely not his real it's name. It's not his real name. His real name is Brian Warner. So this guy didn't even understand the name. Right. So, yeah, his whole thing is invalid. Yeah. He doesn't even, yeah, Marilyn, if that's your real name. No, it's not his real name. That was Marilyn Monroe's real name. Right. And Manson's not his real last name. That's Charles Manson's last yeah. name. And that's that's the thing, like, because if you ever like see the like interviews where they talk about like where did you come up with a name, and he was like two of the biggest stars that we ever had in the nineteen sixties, were well like in Marilyn's case it was the fifties and sixties, but she died in the sixties, but it was Marilyn Monroe, and then at the end of the sixties you have Charles Manson, both of them are probably just as infamous because Charles Manson was a psychopath, he was a cult leader, he was a murderer. Uh, he is, you know, or he was, he's, he's dead now. Uh, but Charles Manson in his, in his time when he was out and he wasn't in jail was probably one of the most dangerous people in the world because of his mind control and his manipulation ability with the whole Manson family that he had in California, the cult that he had built there. Yeah. He was a psychopath and a narcissist. Yeah. He, he was able to control people. Yeah, he, he basically wanted to try and start the apocalypse, basically. A civil war between white people and black people that he thought was helter-skelter. He even influenced even more people that were crazy, like David Koresh. Yeah. And when you look at Manson's band members, they take all of their names from you know, different uh, things. It's usually that... a supermodel and a serial killer. Yeah, exactly. Because, uh... uh Twiggy Ramirez, you got, um... Daisy Berkowitz, who's actually passed away now. Rest in peace, Daisy. Um, yeah, you, you had, okay, so you had, uh, the members now are uh, Tyler Bates, Gil Sharon. Those are the two members, the permanent members that he has in his band right now. Uh, uh, Olivia Newton-Bundy, Gidget Gein, Sarah Lee Lucas, Daisy um, Berkowitz, Zim Zoom, John Five, Madonna Wayne Gacy, um, uh, Ginger Tim, Fish. Yeah, Ginger Fish, uh, Tim Scold, uh, Chris uh, Verena, uh, Fred uh, Savlin, and Twiggy Ramirez. Yeah. And so a lot of those, and like. Zaza Spacek. Yeah. Or Zaza Speck. Speck, yeah. <laughs> Spacek. Sissy Spacek making an appearance. Sissy Spacek! <laughs> Both supermodel and serial killer. Yeah. Serial killer of our hearts. Right, yeah. It's like, uh, did you ever watch Carrie? <laughs> um, yeah, she was sexy with all that blood on her. No. Yeah. Uh, doing telekinesis. <laughs> That's telekinesis, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, so the, the, last, the last thing on Antichrist Superstar says... Uh, oh, this is made by Molson. Uh, was it Molson ninety? Molson, Molson ninety two seventy four, and this is February of two thousand five. 
And it says, I shouldn't be rating this album because I couldn't even listen to the whole thing. Why not? Does he have some type of medical condition? I don't know. I, I couldn't listen to this whole thing. I'm just I'm going to leave a comment. I'm going to leave it a one-star rating. I think this guy actually gave it a half-star rating. He didn't even bother to give it a one. Because I don't even know how you can give it a half-star because you didn't listen to the whole thing. How the hell could you make an honest review of anything if you didn't listen to the whole thing? I didn't even listen to it. Half a star. Right. I hate this album. All it, all it did was waste my time. No, you didn't spend any time on it. That's the problem. You have no idea what you're talking about because you didn't listen to it. Are we about uh, to start the Mechanical Animals? We're about animals? to start the Mechanical Animals. Okay, so we have another uh, sponsorship uh, track real quick. Okay, because this shit is just weird so far. So hopefully, we're going on a journey here. Tonight this one hopefully redeems itself, and this one's a normal one, you know, like like it's an Amazon Prime commercial or something. <laughs> it's probably not that though, because we've already pissed them off with our, you know, our views on Alexa. Yeah, fucking Alexa, we're still using Alexa. We're still we have the Alexa speaker on the table right now. <laughs> <laughs> we love Alexa. You're right. Hey, this is Jimmy again. It's gonna say, go to dickcandy.net. Oh shit, cops again. Bye. Uh, okay, so Jimmy had two of them, huh? <laughs> well, cops. <laughs> what the hell was he doing? So he's got it. So he has a website because he was it was it Dick Dick Dickcandy.net. Dickcandy.net. You Who really dot net anymore? Yeah, nobody does that. I mean, what about... I guess because Dick, dickcandy.org was taken. I guess so. <laughs> so, uh, so he's got like a website. And what the fuck is Dick Candy anyway? I don't know what Dick Candy is. Is that like, is that like, uh, like uh, I don't know, like popsicles or something in the shape of penises? If anybody finds out, email us. Uh, we really right. want to know what's going on with this guy. This uh, dude's fucking weird, man. And what is he running from the cops? Was he selling like like illegal dick items? Like I don't what the, know. Is he is he like doing like black market, you know, like dildo selling? What is he doing? Is he doing black market dick selling? <laughs> is that is that a thing? I don't know. I, what's just not what? Because that I, I don't know. It, it that that's gonna lead us down a path I don't think we want to go down. Um, yeah, wow. Like, like Anakin. Right. Yeah. You're you're you going down, down a path that I can't she follow. follow. Right. <laughs> Um, so, Mechanical Animals is, uh, a bit polarizing because with Mechanical Animals, the whole thing that I think people forget is that this is, this is meant to be a high concept album, and there's actually more concept probably to this than there is for Antichrist Superstar, and there's quite a bit for Antichrist Superstar, but, uh, on Mechanical Animals, the whole concept of what he was trying to do was that he basically the album is split in half. So what it is is there there's like two different personalities on display here. And the way that Manson described it was that the the Marilyn persona in this, which is actually on the album cover, it's the one that he used in the dope show video. Uh, where he's like the alien looking creature where he has like it's like a gray body he's got the boobs uh we would assume probably no penis or minimal penis if you look at the album <laughs> cover penis. the album cover to mechanical animals is fucking weird to look at and i love this album but that shit is disturbing to look at and that's kind of the point 
is that he's really kind of like messing with people on the gender bending stuff. Uh, yeah, because see, he was doing that before anybody else was doing it. And people hated him for it. Yeah. But love people that are doing it now. Yeah, now if you're like, you know, Caitlyn Jenner and you're doing the transgender thing, they're like, that's so strong, that's so powerful, that message. Marilyn Manson has an album cover and a video where he's like displaying himself with like boobs and stuff and they're like, that's that. disgusting. He was doing that in 1998. Yeah, and 98. People, and people hated him. Yeah. Because they're like, it's too weird. Why are you trying to be like male and female? Well, that's supposed to. He's supposed to be an alien. He's he's an alien that's uh, called Omega or Omega, depending on you know if you're in the UK, they pronounce it Omega. And so the the alien basically comes down to Earth, and the Marilyn side of the album, the Marilyn Manson side of the album, is uh, about you know. It would be about things like alienation and not understanding the world and that kind of stuff. And the the Omega side is what happens after he gets uh, on, like, tons of drugs. And after he's been exposed to, like, this different culture, now he's kind of corrupted. And he's been turned into this rock star, which is called Omega. And he's been put into this band called the Mechanical Animals. If you actually look at the album artwork for Mechanical Animals, uh, and I think I still have it somewhere in my house, uh, that booklet is divided in half. The one half is Marilyn Manson where he's like the alien-looking creature with the boobs. And then the other part is Omega where he doesn't have the boobs, and it looks like he has, like they probably photoshopped his penis away. Pretty sure they did that to make it look like he, he's, like he's sexless, he has no gender. Right. And he's got like uh, he his like hair is a little bit different. He's got like these like gloves on. He has like he has like I think he's like six fingers and he has like red fingertips on them. And so he's basically uh, been turned into like this uh, rock star. And uh, so it, it's kind of like a tale of like two personalities. The Marilyn Manson side of him is the weird alien that's actually alienated and getting exposed to the drugs and the culture. And the Omega side is the rock star side. Um, and the, the Omega side has like the dope show, uh, Rock is Dead, I Want to Disappear, Fundamentally Loathsome, uh, I Don't Like the Drugs, But the Drugs Like Me, uh, yeah, New Model. That's a great song. Especially yeah. on uh, the Last Man on Earth uh, tour. The, 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 live yeah, album. the live album. Yeah, that's uh, great. And then New Model number 15 and User Friendly. Because those songs are distinctly supposed to be kind of like a i don't know like a ziggy stardust david bowie kind of vibe because yeah. it's kind of a concept on that side and then if you look at the marilyn manson side of it uh which is the um like uh, you could maybe say the more depressing more thoughtful side is the great big white world post-human the speed of pain the last day on earth disassociative Mechanical Animals, and Coma White. And, and so, I'm almost certain that Marilyn Manson is responsible for popularizing the emos. <laughs> so we're, he's the one that we should blame for Blood on the Dance Floor, that, that yes. band. <laughs> so I, yeah, we. I, I don't hate Blood A on the Dance Nation. Floor. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> well anyway, uh, I don't hate Blood on the Dance Floor. I just think that they're... Uh, they're very weird, but they're, I mean, they're talented musicians, I guess. It's just not really my kind of music. 
but uh, so the first comment from Mechanical Animals, it's uh, made by uh, I'm assuming it's a dude named Punisher. Uh, and this is uh, I don't know. It could be. Uh, no, Dolph, he... Dolph wouldn't be this stupid though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, does he say I'll have to break? Him? No, nowhere in this does it say that. Mm, uh, but this is September <laughs> of 2003. Uh, and it says, uh, what what happens when the worst, most embarrassing band, Marilyn Manson, of today decides to pay homage to the worst, most embarrassing genre of music, glam rock? Well, you get this. The worst, most embarrassing CD of all time. Congratulations, Brian Warner. It still amazes me that the hardcore... pisses me off when people call him Brian Warner. Yeah, but he like... He doesn't want to be called that. Yeah, he wants his name. His name is Marilyn Manson. That's the name he that he wants to be called Marilyn Manson. Stop being a dick. And also, glam rock was basically invented by David Bowie. You saying he sucks? Yeah, and I, to a degree, you could also say that Kiss kind of borrows from that stuff too. Yeah, so there's the harder version of that. I mean, basically, almost anybody that can pull off glam rock is good at it because a lot of people don't even try that. Yeah, it's a very hard thing to do. That's one of the things Billy Corgan was like, you should definitely stick with this because you have a talent for this type of rock. Yeah, it sounds great. If you're going to do this, do the whole CD this way because you guys are great at it. It's, you have a talent for work. this. You listen to the album today. If that album came out this year in real life, it'd sell uh, millions of copies. Yeah. But... Uh... And then it says, it still amazes me that the hardcore fans still stick around saying that everyone but them are wrong and that this is a really a great CD from a great band. Right. That's sad. And then it has a sideways frowny face. <laughs> well, what's sad is, to get your point across, you always attack the artist's fans. Yeah. You don't attack the artist themselves necessarily. You always insult the fans. Because they're stupid for liking that band. What was the what was the main thing we saw when we were covering ICP? They hated the Juggalos. They hated the fans who enjoy this. Who are you? Who are you to tell them who they should like? Right. I mean, and to to like say that somebody isn't talented because they don't like their fans, like that's entirely missing the point. I'm not thinking about other fans when I listen to stuff like this. Like, oh, well, you know, the reason that I like this band or I don't like this band is because of the fan base. I could give a fuck less. Does the only thing I care about is if I'm a fan. Does everybody in the world like this band before I choose to like it? I need to know what's acceptable in society and what isn't. That's called a trend. And right. you know what happens to trends? They end. They die. They always end. Every trend ends. Don't, don't like something because of a trend. Yeah. Don't like a don't like a shirt. Don't like shoes. Don't like anything because of a trend. Because trends end. Be you. Like what you like. Don't don't bitch about something. You you don't even have to share Marilyn Manson's uh, political religious views or anything like that. Because I don't look into the things like that whenever I listen to a band. I listen to their music. I like what they say. Uh, Eminem has some fucked up shit that he says. I mean, I'm not gonna... We still love that guy. Yeah, I'm not gonna, you know, chop up somebody and throw him in the trunk or something like that. I mean, I don't <laughs> I don't think he indicates that you should do that. I think it's just a song. Yeah. There's nothing that's... But some people will use that as an excuse, and I, I say that because that's, that's the same thing that happened at, at uh, Columbine. People wanted somebody to blame, so they blame Manson. Manson's not to blame. 
Listen to Manson ever since he's came out. I've never wanted to kill anybody. The reason that the, those kids at Columbine kill people is because they were bullied, they were neglected, they had, uh, you know, um, and then they took it out on innocent people. Yeah, the, the parents weren't really involved with them. Manson has nothing to do with that. No musician has anything to do with what those kids did. Mm -hmm. It's just like when they blamed, you know, Judas Priest for, like, you know, kids wanting to shoot themselves with a shotgun. And, you know, Rob Halford had to defend the band with all that. And, you know, when they went after, when they went after like, Twisted Sister and said, like, well, you know, you guys are causing these kids to do this stuff. It's a very slippery slope. It's just like blaming, you know, the... Uh, it's like blaming ICP because of the things that some juggalos do. And we, we, we discussed the percentage on that. We went through all that already. Um, the, the, the things about it is uh, you can't blame... The things that influence kids the most are the people that they're around the most. Not the music that they listen to, not the TV they watch, not the video games they play. None, none of that affects people in the way that people want to uh, say that it affects people. Uh, I've played violent video games. It's never one that made me want to commit violence. I've watched violent movies. Never made... Actually, quite the opposite. You might be angry or something, watch an action movie, and you'll calm down a little bit. Because you get to see somebody else get their ass kicked. You get to see somebody else get their ass kicked. You don't have to do anything. You're, you're the same thing with you know shooting games or RPGs and stuff like that. You might have a shitty day, sit down, play a video game, you calm down. Gamers aren't killing people. All over the world. That's not how it works. Yeah. They have their outlet. They're playing games or listening to music. Music's an outlet. It's not it's, it's, it's not something that you build inside of you. And then you're like, man, I've listened to so much angry music, I want to kill somebody. You listen to music to soothe yourself. Even if it is angry music or death metal or metal or whatever. Even if you're listening to, like, Cannibal Corpse. It doesn't make you want to kill anybody. <laughs> it doesn't make you want to go chop bodies up. Actually, it's quite the opposite. You're getting all your aggression out while you're listening to it. Marilyn Manson is the same way. He's controversial. He's angry. And there was a bunch of repressed and neglected kids whenever Manson started, and they, they, they cling to him. And it was therapy because he was saying things that they wanted to hear. Even, the, even if they didn't really agree with it or believe it, they just wanted something to speak and Manson spoke. Does he believe in everything he says? No, of course not. He He's a rock musician. He's going to say some offensive stuff, and he's going to say some things, but people that blamed him for Columbine uh, were probably the people to blame for Columbine. Because uh, they didn't want to blame parents, which was probably the key source. Yeah. Or bullying, which is still a problem. Mm -hmm. um, you have kids kill themselves because they get bullied for being, you know, transgendered or gay or things like that. Still to this day, are you going to blame that on Manson? No, you can't. You can't anymore. They don't do that now. Yeah, but they did it then because they needed someone to blame. Yeah, because news outlets needed somebody to make as the poster boy for what's wrong in America with today's youth. Because one of those kids listened to Manson. Not all of them, one of them. And that's why Manson got blamed. Well, and it, it, it's interesting, too, because 
uh, and uh, we'll get into that, I guess, in a little bit more detail at the end after we finish Mechanical Animals, because in Manson's op-ed piece, uh, he was told that neither of neither Eric Harris or Dylan Klebold actually listened to his music. They listened to similar music to his, but because Manson was such a larger figure than like KMFDM and bands like that, they went after Manson because they were like, well, he's basically what we're talking about. And then he got labeled and all that, and it severely affected his career because I don't think either of those guys actually did listen to Marilyn Manson because perhaps if they did, they probably would have not been as poorly adjusted in life as they were. Yeah, they would have they would have had an outlet for aggression because that's what Manson, Manson was. Manson was necessary because of the neglectful kids of that generation. He really was. You know, he helped me get through some days. You know, just being angry and pissed off about something that that happened or something like that. I go go home, put on a Manson album, and I, I'd start feeling better. Let him get all the anger out of me. Yeah, I don't, I don't have to do it. He did it. So that's why people flock to him. It's not because they were Satanist or violent or anything like that. It's just because he he was being aggressive in the way that was entertaining and it could ease your mind a little bit. It's a it's a type of therapy. Yeah, I mean that's exactly what it was, and he's a great writer, so he knew that. Um, but when you when you continue like on this comment, it says. Uh, Oh, well, to anyone who hasn't uh, had the misfortune of hearing this yet, don't waste your time with this mainstream garbage. If you want some true metal, go check out Dark Tranquility, Catatonia, uh, for those darker days, Soil Work, or even Strapping Young Lad. I promise you there'll be no dancing transvestites with whiny voices. No, there, there it is. Yep, they're, just, they're, they're talking about... Uh, Manson and the whole like the boobs thing and the gender bending and like you know is he you know what what is he he's supposed to be an alien that's why he's gray and even if you watch the video for the dope show you can tell that he's supposed to be an alien because what happens he gets captured by dudes in like white uniforms and that yeah and uh, you know you can't accept an alien like that then you're you're probably gonna be less accepting about things I mean that I mean the whole thing's about acceptance yeah and how he's not being accepted. I mean, you got to see through. If you actually listen to lyrics, there's some interesting stuff that goes on in this. You he's know? sending a message, but he's not going to send it in the way most people would send it, because he is Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Yeah, and we're not going to call him Brown Water because he doesn't want to be called that. <laughs> no, he's Marilyn. He's Marilyn um, Manson. <laughs> uh, so the, the next comment, this is made by uh, Colin Gabriel. And this is uh, May of uh, 2012. And it says, uh, this one's actually, the next, like, three are actually fairly short. The Yeah. Uh, it says, I like to read reviews of Manson albums to see whose opinions on music I can, I can seriously uh, and whose I cannot. Wait a minute. That doesn't even make any sense. He's saying that he is... That he can seriously take and those he can't seriously take. Yeah, so he's basically saying if you share his opinion. He'll take your opinion, but if you don't share his opinion... Then you're stupid. Then you're stupid. So, um, this dude's just another... Uh, is this communist page or something? I don't know. Is this is this right your communist? <laughs> yeah, right your communist, because these people... We have to, we have to agree with what the comrades agree with. Yeah, the consensus is what we go with. Right. We have no thought of our own. 
Right, yeah, we just we just go, by hive mind. We are robots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it says, anyone over the age of 11 has no excuse for liking this nonsense. Oh, In fact, when I was that age, Manson yeah. was rising to superstardom, and I didn't like it. It was embarrassing then, and it's only gotten worse with time and perspective. What a joke. Why are 11-year-olds listening to Marilyn Manson? If you have an 11, if you have an 11-year-old kid... And they're listening to Marilyn Manson. They are either super well-adjusted for an 11-year-old and they can actually understand what he's talking about, or you're kind of a bad parent. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't buy your 11-year-old your a Marilyn Manson album. At 11-years-old, you can't understand what's going on in this in these kinds of albums, man. Teenage years, yeah, that's... that's Teenagers, you, yeah. you, you can start figuring some stuff out because you can understand what he's, what he's talking about. But... Like just the, just to say, like nobody over eleven has any reason to to like this album. It's like, well, who the fuck are you? First off, to like talk about like you know ages and when somebody's appropriate to listen to something. There might be eleven year olds that might have an understanding of what he's talking about in this because mentally they might be way far ahead of an eleven year old. Yeah, they might be smarter. So yeah, maybe they're like Tony Stark and they're some kind of like you know child genius. MIT. Yeah, they're at MIT when they're like, you know, thirteen, like, <laughs> like developing stuff. You know, who knows? But you're just gonna throw away an entire fan base because of like it, of like age appropriateness that you think is okay. Well, speaking of that, we have another sponsor. Okay. Preview to do is right this, here. Okay, so so far, none of these have been really productive. <laughs> so. I, I, I fail to see what they're advertising in the most part. I don't know, like dickcandy.net and all this kind of stuff and, you know, crushing the pussy. Like, I don't understand. That's <laughs> not ever... Christian's talked about crushing the pussy. We don't know what he's talking about. We don't about. really know what he's talking about, but... Okay, but... Uh, I mean, it sounds fun, I guess, but... Yeah, I mean, he's he he's, exci- he's got the money. But he's also headbutted his own helmet, so he probably has He a... might have recorded that. While he had a concussion. He might have been concussed. I mean, the man the, the man has some issues. He's an amazing linebacker, but he's a bit insane to headbutt your own helmet and make your own head bleed. That's awesome. <laughs> he's awesome. We love Brian Cushing, but instant God, Hall, that's weird. Instant Hall of Famer in the Hall of Insanity. <laughs> uh, okay, so here's, here's the next uh, sponsor clip. Uh, I'll just get these and then play them. Hey, Nazis. It's the dick man again. I just want to say, we all know Hitler had a micro penis. So, if you want a big Hitler dick, go to dickcandy.net. That way you can put that Hitler dick up your ass. Bye. What? <laughs> um, okay. So, I don't know. <laughs> what oh, the man. That's, that's probably... That's the worst. Is that the last one from Jimmy? Uh, I is think the, so. I don't know. Is I that mean, the we, last we one? We got two more uh, ads to play. Oh, God, uh, man. Before the end of that shit's rough, man. Like, like and it's, it sounds like he's, like, recording this with, like, some old tape recorder, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he probably got this shit, like, in 2000, and he's just hung on to that thing forever. Yeah, he probably did. <laughs> he seems like he's constantly on the run. Yeah, like he's just like he's just constantly giving us like weird audio clips. <laughs> like what the hell's up with this dude? But okay, anyway, uh, we keep getting derailed from Maryland here because of all this nonsense with like, you know, the dick man. with the dick man apparently, this guy. Uh so it says here, 
this this uh comment is by uh is it uh, Je- Jezu Jezu PL which I, I, part of me would almost think that PL maybe maybe means Poland like maybe they're Polish I'm not sure. Are they, are they Polacks? Uh, <laughs> that is not the appropriate term, Stephen. That's offensive to Polish people. Um, uh, do we have Polish listeners? I I think we had one Polish listener. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> is Polak actually a offensive term? I would assume it is. I've always heard that it is. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was just a type of really aggressive headlock. No, no, it's in not. Poland. No, it's not. And it's also not a type of fish either. Yeah, that's Pollock. Are you sure? That's Pollock. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, this is uh, January of 2010. We're just going to offend everybody in this episode. Everybody's getting offended. This is the Manson episode. If you can't handle it, don't listen to it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We don't hate anybody, even if you are Polish. Um, Yeah, even if you are Polish. (laughs) Anyway, so it's just... Or Dutch. Or Finnish, which... Doesn't exist. Yeah, we all know Finland doesn't exist. Look at us. That's the conspiracy between Russia and Japan. We all know it's a big conspiracy. Fishing rights or some bullshit. Some shit. Earth is flat. Kyrie Irving knows it. He's a scientist. Yeah, because apparently he's in the Illuminati. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because they need him to do do stuff. To do stuff. (laughs) <laughs> who knows you know um but Just like uh, lady gaga brainwashing them all brainwashing all of us to love each other those six sons of bitches yeah <laughs> you know because we if we're trying to find the higgs boson we need jay-z and beyonce <laughs> uh but anyway uh so it says uh, okay so here's what it's like i'm not gonna be um i don't know we, we're just offending everybody right now uh, okay, so here's what it's like. It, I'm not going to be original. Marilyn Manson is one bad ripoff. He rips off his more talented idols, namely Alice Cooper and David Bowie. Uh, there's, of course, some Nine Inch Nails... Sounds na- just like both those guys. Right, yeah. There's, of course, some Nine Inch Nails echoing it here and there. But I'm telling Where? you... Where? If you... Yeah. <laughs> Where really specifically recent- is there anything that sounds like Nine Inch Nails? I, I don't know. But I think people say that because he's worked with Reznor and they feel like... Well, like- Roasters produced two of the CDs. So, so they sound exactly like Nine Inch Nails. It's going to be exactly the same as the Downward Spiral, right? No. No. It sounds um, nothing like Nine no. Inch Nails. Yeah, Manson's way more pissed off in his music than Reznor really ever is. Does it sound like this entire album was done on a computer? No. <laughs> yeah, listen to Pretty Hate Machine. That That's basically a computer. Um, and by the way, this album was not produced by Trent Reznor. No. This was produced by... Marilyn Manson. Yeah, with, <laughs> with some help from Billy Corgan. Yeah, so... Um, there you go. <laughs> Two geniuses. Uh, but it says, uh, but I'm telling you, if you if you gonna steal someone else's <laughs> ideas or personalities... I'm literally reading this like it says, Steve. If uh, you gonna steal. If you gonna steal someone else's ideas or personalities, uh, do it in a clever way. Write good songs. Write good lyrics. This boy is not even half as intelligent, clever... And talented, not to mention his composing skills uh, as Cooper or Bowie. The album. Did he call Marilyn Manson a boy? Yeah. Uh, this... Is this the guy that Manson beat in the face with a mic stand? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this is why he's so salty. He got bashed in the face with a microphone stand. Uh, the album is full of filler and quickly gets tiresome. This is one of the records that uh, do not become a classic but simply become old. It sounds dated and new metalish as hell. 
Uh, not really at all. If you even do, you know what new metal is? You don't even. I don't even know what new metal means. But uh, so do yourself a favor. Go listen to some Alice Cooper and David Bowie, and leave this album to the Angry Teenagers. There we go yeah. again with the Angry Teenagers comment. Yeah, apparently, everybody's got a got of attack teenagers on this. Yeah, we're in our thirties. We listen to Marilyn Manson. Do, do teenagers listen to this? Yes. Is that all that listens to this? No. No, because Manson's had a fan base for over 20 years. So, you know, he's going to have a lot of varying different ages of, of people that go to his stuff. You know, uh, not all of his fans are just angry, pissed off teenagers that hate the world and only wear black, you know? Yeah, so um, just like his music. Enjoy it. Yeah. Love it. Um, so, the next one, this is a single, this is a, this is just kind of, well, it's like two lines, basically. Uh, this is made by uh, Simulacrum, and this was, uh, uh, I'm not exactly sure where they got that from, unless it's from like Simulacrum and, Sim and Simulation, the album that partially you know inspired the Matrix movies. But anyway, uh, this is, th they're not going that deep with this, I am. Uh, April of 2005, and this says, he duct taped his crotch and got boobs for the album cover. That should tell you everything you need to know right there. Yeah. Okay, I think... We're original. Yeah. Um, he duct taped his genitals and he got fake boobs. By the way, uh, for you people who don't know, those fake boobs that he has in the music video for Dope Show and he used in the album artwork, Johnny Depp owns those boobs now. Yeah. Yeah. And Johnny Depp also gave uh, Manson uh, one of his wigs from the movie Blow. Which is a great movie. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen that movie, go check it out. It, Johnny Depp's awesome as a drug dealer in that movie. <laughs> George uh, Young. George Young, yeah. Uh, but um, uh, this next comment is uh, made by Bloops, Troops, and Jupes. <laughs> you're my boy, Bloop. You're my boy, Bloops. Um, <laughs> this is December of 2015. And it says, uh, uh, Marilyn Manson is a guy I've always been on the fence with. His personality is something that I sometimes love and sometimes get annoyed by. It, it was genius on albums like Antichrist Superstar, but ultimately pretentious on Born Villain. And sometimes it falls in the middle, like on this album. Now, one, can, one thing I can say about this album is that it's a good idea. What better way to move forward from gritty shock rock is there besides glammy shock rock? Unfortunately, the execution here kind of falls flat on its ass. Everything on this album is uh, uninteresting. The lyricism is so contrived compared to his last album. The instrumentation here is way too standard for an industrial record, which it's not an industrial record. If you want industrial, then you listen to, I don't know, Fear Factory. Uh, just know some basic shit about music. That would help. Or know anything about music. Yeah, know anything. Just learn anything about music, and you'll, you'll realize that most of these comments are just well, While you're stupidity. trying to sound intelligent, you sound like a complete dumbass. Right. Uh, so it says, and the concept of alienation and drug use is pretty dull in my opinion compared to some of the themes he explored in his other albums. If you're a huge Manson fan, I'd consider giving it a look. But you might want to hear the other two albums in the trilogy first. Oh, so, so if you're a Manson fan, you should listen to it. That's what this guy's whole comment ended up saying. <laughs> Who the fuck else would listen to it? Right. I mean, that's like saying, like, you know, if you're if you're a fan of... You know, uh, let's say something we did recently, like let's say you're a fan of the Avengers, right? You should definitely go see Captain America Civil War. 
I, if I'm, I'm a fan no of shit. the Avengers, of course I'm not going to watch I'm that shit. I'm seeing it. What the fuck? I'm going to go see Black about? Panther. Uh, you know, like yeah, Black Panther. Black Panther is going to be awesome. I think we said this multiple times. On right. Episodes, and we'll keep saying it. We'll keep saying it because <laughs> Chadwick Boseman is a beautiful ass man. Beautiful man. And you know, and, and Lupita Nyong'o too. <laughs> she's also a beautiful man. She's also. She's definitely not a man. <laughs> she's not a man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even when she's Maz Kanata, you're kind of like, is this supposed to be like a female Yoda? <laughs> with just weird, like, googly, like, goggle eyes? Of course eyes? it is, because they can't come up with any new characters, but they got Lupita Nyong'o, so we can't bitch about it. I can't hate that, because, you know... They're like, I want to hate this, because this is just a female Yoda, but this shit is awesome. Because her accent's awesome. Uh, but anyway... <laughs> so you, Lupita Nyong'o, making me like shit I should hate. Right, yeah. Uh, so the, All the, your talent? So the last comment about mechanical animals is uh, made by, uh, was it Nathan 10? And this is uh, March of no, 2010. No, what's half a 10? It's five. This is John 5. He's pissed for you. <laughs> right. Oh, man. And I've met John 5 before, too. Uh, and he's actually a pretty cool dude. He's very, very low-key. I actually didn't even recognize him as John 5 until... Somebody was like, uh, somebody that I work with was like, hey, you know that's John 5, right? And I'm like, I'm like, no, that's not John 5. I'm like, I thought he was, I thought he'd be taller. <laughs> he's actually, be taller. he's like a really kind of a short, that sounds like, you know, it's from a movie, but yeah, I thought he would be taller. I didn't, because he was, you know, he was touring with uh, Rob Zombie because he plays in Rob Zombie's band. And I, when I met him, I was like, hey man, I loved your work on Mechanical Animals. That's like, I like basically my favorite Marilyn Manson album and he was like that's interesting because I usually don't hear that <laughs> you know and I was like no I love that album like your guitars on that awesome on that that album were awesome and uh, you know I really dug it and uh but yeah he's a cool dude like I even seen like his driver license and everything so <laughs> your special guest today John Five. right yeah we got him no we, we didn't got him. No, um we, we, we just <laughs> no we just was playing uh, no, he's not dead. I hope he lives forever. He's great. He's a great musician. Yeah, and, he's just um, a cool dude too. Um, sometimes you have to take a break from Manson though, because he can be a little um, controlling. Yeah, he's he's got Billy Corgan's personality as far as um, what you can do in the band. Right. He's a, he's a perfectionist. Um, but uh, yeah, now this one, this comment, the main reason I saved this was because. This very much is about 1998, I think, in total. And you'll see what I'm talking about when I get to it. It says, uh, garbage to its detractors, especially the moralist, and something far bolder and more vital to his admirers. The, the little secret about Marilyn Manson is that he's not as interesting or, or intelligent on record or off as he's often given credit for. Which we know is complete bullshit because we've heard the man speak before and we know how intelligent he is. He is very intelligent. He's very intelligent. Just listen to him in like literally any interview and you'll see how intelligent the guy is. Um, he's like the Al Gore of rock. Oh sure, he's smarter than the Gallagher brothers and is more captivating to listen to uh, speak than say Chris Cornell, but I can hardly think of anyone who has tried as hard as he has with Mechanical Animals, a concept album about wearing fake boobs. Uh, That's not what it's about. It's not about wearing boobs at all. Like, these people that hate on this have no idea what he's trying to do did, with this did, album. Did he? He used Al Gore. He used Al Gore. He's not so, done. So he, he he said Al Gore's dumb too. I I mean, 
maybe, <laughs> maybe the fact that this uh, Nathan Ten is a complete douche, maybe that's an inconvenient truth. <laughs> oh, oh. oh. Um, uh, for all its good hooks and instrumentation, you can feel the strain and it hurts. What is amazing in hindsight was how much shock value he did generate in the Clinton era. It's highly ironic that for a good stretch we had Manson to shock the Christian right and rage against the machine to offend the capitalist fat cats and America firsters in a time when we didn't really need either of them. Then yeah. when Who Bush rage against the machine, <laughs> L.A. riots meant nothing. Right. Uh, then when Bush and Ashcroft came along and this country needed artists to give a submersive jolt and a finger to the system, rage had broken up and Manson had driven himself into irrelevance. Oh well. No, he didn't drive himself into irrelevance. And we'll get into what caused Manson to lose his foothold in the music industry at the end here. Uh, Mechanical Animals stands as a reminder of the last days of a time when rock actually felt a little dangerous, when rock stars were junkies and put in kind words for Satan. While Manson might not have been quite as good as he thought he was, though the dope show demonstrates the full extent of his talent, at least he cared enough to put on a show and freak some people out who really needed it, now we're stuck with baggy pants wearing earnestly dumb crybabies like the guys in Lincoln Park. Oh, and it should be added that with yeah, with rest this, in peace, Chester Benyon, while this asshole bashes you. Talking about Lincoln Park, yeah, rest in peace, Chester. Uh, uh, oh, and it should be added that with his dyed hair, dementedly theatrical crooning, space age guitar strumming, and gender bending flamboyance, this guy was a huge influence on David Bowie. And I'm like. Uh, I think Do you mean that David Bowie was, was a it, huge influence on uh, him? Manson. I think, I think, probably when they typed this, they they fucked up, or unless they're trying to say something there, but that doesn't make any sense because Manson started his career after David Bowie. So I, then that's the thing. It's like when people start coming up with this, these things a lot of times sound super intelligent, and then when you actually get into them, you realize that they're not intelligent at all. <laughs> They're just looking for someone to share their opinion. They want. They want. They don't want to be lonely. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to come up with something that makes them sound super intelligent, and then they put stuff in there that makes it seem like they have no clue what they're talking about. Can you give me a hug? Right. Yeah. Some of these people, I think, they just need a hug, and they wouldn't be on the internet bitching about like albums and. Movies somebody hug these shit. fucking people. Yeah, somebody needs a... Like, uh, every time I see one of these, I'm like, somebody really needs a hug today. That's why they were on Rate Your Music bitching about Marilyn Manson on the internet. You know? If they had, like, Emma Stone hugs you day, no one would bitch about it. I think people. that would solve everything in the world. I really yeah. do. Um, it's like the thing where Jennifer Lawrence was talking about she was go she was supposed to go to, like, a after Golden Globes party. Uh... But she didn't want to go because, you know, there's there's some creeps there. and uh, But her and Emma Stone had an agreement that they was going to go to the After Golden Globes uh, thing uh, after it's like like uh, Emma was supposed to be Jennifer's, like, date or whatever. Like, you know, uh, friends. Right. Uh, and uh, Emma had a change of plans, so Jennifer Lawrence just canceled and she didn't even go. <laughs> Because Emma didn't go. Yeah. So, because they was using the buddy system. Because, you know, all the creeps in Hollywood. But, yeah, I thought that was that was something that was kind of cool. I didn't even know they were friends. Yeah. Uh, but the thing that, that happened to Manson's career is 
that, that made it change forever. And, and Manson will even say to this day that the thing that didn't necessarily ruin his career but really weakened his career was the whole the shooting at Columbine. And we, we talked about it a little bit before. But you can't really talk about the story of Marilyn Manson and and his career without mentioning it because unfortunately it's it's part of his story. But the thing is, it, it, it's not supposed to be part of his story because if you if you look at the movie Bowling for Columbine and you can think of whatever you think about the director and his documentaries and the way that he shoots things, but I think that in Bowling for Columbine, there's the moment that Manson has when he's talking behind the scenes at the concert and you know he's asked the question if you could talk to Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold right now and and, and you know maybe the families what would you tell to Eric and Dylan you know that might change them from their path and Manson says I wouldn't say anything I would listen and that's what nobody else wanted to do and that's part of it is Manson got blamed very heavily for everything that happened at Columbine and it's not fair to put him on something like that because you know he does have lyrics where he says like you know when I'm God everyone dies but he's doing that in the concept of a character because a lot of times in these albums he's playing some sort of a, of a fictional character and it's designed to be um, told through the point of view of that person. Some people don't have the ability to look at things like movies and TV and think that, well, maybe somebody's just playing a character. And they want to always do these things where they they blame the media, they blame the violent video games, they do all these things because they're looking for some kind of a scapegoat, right? And if you look at the the op-ed piece that Manson wrote in 1999 and I won't read this entire thing because it's actually uh, quite lengthy <laughs> um, I mean I probably could if I wanted to uh, but it says and this is uh, June 24th 1999 and this is Manson speaking directly to Rolling Stone and uh, uh, I'll go through the first passage here and it says, uh, it is, this is directly from Manson himself. So this is actually Manson's words him, on his own. It is sad to think that the first few people on earth needed no books, movies, games, or music to inspire cold-blooded murder. The day that Cain bashed his brother Abel's brains in, the only motivation he needed was his own human disposition to violence. Whether you interpret the Bible as literature or as the final word of whatever God may be, Christianity has given us an image of death and sexuality that we have based our culture around. A half-naked dead man hangs in most homes and around our necks, and we have just taken that for granted all our lives. It is a symbol of hope. Is it a symbol of hope or hopelessness? The world's most famous murder-suicide was also the birth of the death icon, the blueprint for celebrity. Unfortunately, for all of their inspiring morality, nowhere in the Gospels is intelligence praised as a virtue. And then the second passage, he starts going to what he was dealing with in 1999. A lot of people forget or never realize that I started my band as a criticism of these very issues of despair and hypocrisy. 
The name Marilyn Manson has never celebrated the sad fact that America puts killers on the cover of Time magazine, giving them as much notoriety as our favorite movie stars. From Jesse James to Charles Manson, the media, since their inception, have turned criminals into folk heroes. They just created two new ones when they plastered those dipshits Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris's pictures on the front of every newspaper. Don't be surprised if every kid who gets pushed around has two new idols. Uh, and then, uh, let's see. Yeah, okay, this third one was interesting too. The third. This is the third paragraph. We applaud the creation of a bomb whose sole purpose is to destroy all of mankind. And we grew up watching our president's brains splattered all over Texas. Times have not become more violent. They have just become more televised. Does anyone think the Civil War was the least bit civil? If television had existed, you could be sure there would have there would have been people there to cover it, or maybe even participate in it, like their violent car chase of Princess Diana. Disgusting vultures looking for corpses, exploiting, fucking, filming, and serving it up for our hungry appetites in a gluttonous display of endless human stupidity. And... I think that those for that opening kind of thing with those three paragraphs there really I think sums up a lot about Manson and about how he feels. Yeah, and I, I would just like to say really quick, um, and, and I know it's been a while and it's probably off a lot of people's minds, but we're, we're talking about it, so I'd like to say, you know, uh, really rest in peace to the, the victims of Columbine, which was Rachel Scott. Uh, Daniel Robro, Dave Sanders, Kyle Velasquez, um, uh, Stephen uh, Kerno, uh, Casey Bernal, Isaiah Scholes, Matthew Ketrick, Lauren Townsend, John Tomlin, Kelly Finley, uh, Daniel Nasir, uh, Corey uh, uh, Depoter. Um, all those people died at Columbine. And it was not Manson's fault. It was the two kids' fault that killed them, and the parents and bullies. Everything led to something, and somebody could have helped those people, and no one wanted to. But they're still to blame because they did it. Mm-hmm. The victims didn't do anything, so they're they're still victims. So we were. You know, talking about it, and they should be known. If if we're talking about it, you know, it should be known that those the names. Everyone should know the names. And if I mispronounced any of the names, I'm I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. And you know, considering that it's you know one of the uh, well, and we've also seen some shootings now, like the one in Vegas. But you know, the the problem of uh, this kind of stuff about maniacal shooters uh, really to a degree came from from the Columbine incident really that was kind of like the start of like these you know crazy shooter situations in this case it happened to be in a high school and Manson himself even says here in this passage uh, let's see it says responsible journalists have reported with less publicity that Harris and Klebold were not Marilyn Manson fans that they even disliked my music. Even if they were fans, that gives them no excuse, nor does it mean that music is to blame. Do we look for James Huberty's inspiration when he gunned down people at McDonald's? 
What did Timothy McVeigh like to watch? What about David Koresh, Jim Jones? Do you think entertainment inspired Kip Kinkle? Or should we blame the fact that his father uh, bought him the guns he used in the Springfield, Oregon murders? What inspires Bill Clinton to blow people up in Kosovo? Was it something that Monica Lewinsky said to him? Isn't, <laughs> isn't, <laughs> that's actually kind of a funny line while he's being serious. Uh, isn't killing just killing regardless if it's in Vietnam or Jonesboro, Arkansas? Uh, why do we justify one just because it seems to be for the right reasons? Should there ever be a right reason? If a kid is old enough to drive a car or buy a gun, isn't he old enough to be held personally responsible for what he does with his car or gun? Or if he's a teenager, should someone else be blamed because he isn't as enlightened as an 18-year-old? Well, even soldiers that have to go over and kill don't actually believe, don't ever feel good about it. That's the reason PTSD is a thing, because they feel guilty for it. Even if it's for a supposed cause, they still have to take someone's life. Who think who's also fighting for their cause? So if both sides think they're right, that means you're just killing somebody. Yeah. And when you do that, you're gonna feel guilty for it. That's why you know PTSD exists. That's why a lot of people don't under, understand why soldiers have it because they're like, oh well, they're fighting for their country, and uh, yeah, yeah, they were, but they still had to kill someone, someone else that was fighting for their country. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's. Uh, the end part of this, and this is, yeah, this is the end part. So this is the last paragraph. I jumped through it a bit. Uh, if you ever want to actually read the thing in its entirety, this entire op-ed, it's, it's actually on rollingstone.com. You can just look it up uh, if you want to read the entire thing. Uh, I'm just kind of getting to the essence of what Manson's talking about. But this is the end of it right here. And it says, I chose not to jump into the media frenzy and defend myself, though I was begged to be on every single TV show in existence. I didn't want to contribute to these fame-seeking journalists and opportunists looking to fill their churches or, get, or to get elected because of their self-righteous finger-pointing. They want to blame entertainment. Uh, isn't religion the first real entertainment? People dress up in costumes, sing songs, and dedicate themselves to eternal fandom. <laughs> Everyone will agree that nothing was more entertaining than Clinton shooting off his prick and then his bombs in true political form. And the news, that's obvious. So it's, is entertainment to blame? I'd like media commentators to ask themselves, because their coverage of the event was some of the most gruesome entertainment any of us have, have seen. I think that the National Rifle Association is far too powerful to take on. So most people choose Doom, the video game, the Basketball Diaries, or yours truly. This kind of controversy does not help me sell records or tickets, I w and I wouldn't want it to. I'm a controversial artist, one who dares to have an opinion and bothers to create music and videos that challenge people's ideas in a world that is watered down and hollow. In my work, I examine the America we live in, and I've always tried to show people that the devil we blame our atrocities on is really just one of us. So don't expect the end of the world to come one day out of the blue. It's been happening every day for a long time. Well said, one of us. One of us. One of us. Because <laughs> after you after you read stuff like this, you have to kind of you have to find something to kind of you know bring your spirits back up. Yeah, it, it this is... stuff is depressing. The Columbine thing, it was a massacre, and for all the people that say like, oh well, it was Marilyn Manson, or it was like you know they played Doom and they played all these first person shooter games, and look at what the entertainment does to our kids. It's like. That's two idiots that had access to guns and they had a motive and they had intentions. 
Yeah, they shouldn't be glorified, justified, anything like that. Even if they were bullied and had bad parents, there's nothing that justifies what they did. Yeah. 13 lives that they took. Nothing. No. They could have literally had their ass beat every day. Still doesn't justify taking lives. Nope. And that's why we got serious there, and that's why I had to name the victims, and that's why we had to say that article, because Manson cared about it. Pearl Jam, Eddie Vedder had someone that copied his Jeremy uh, video, and he basically banned it from MTV and everything. Yeah. He felt so guilty for that. But, see, the thing was, is it was not his fault. But it didn't matter to him if it was his fault or not. Um, because he still felt guilty. He paid for the funeral, everything like that. That's who Eddie Vedder is. Manson had a different approach. Because the people that he was blamed for weren't victims. They were um, they're the ones that caused it. Yeah. Which they put was, all that on Man- somebody like Manson. And they put it on Manson, and Manson was like, no, I'm not taking the blame. It would be like if you took the blame for someone that you knew going out and kill somebody. They're like, well, you know, you said something to him about killing somebody once. You know, joking or living room talk or just talking while you're watching a movie. Would you take that blame? Be like, well, I did say that like two years ago. No, you wouldn't do that. Be like, no, I didn't tell him to go kill somebody. Yeah. And even though it did, he shouldn't have just went and killed somebody. Yeah, and, you know, that's the thing. I think with Manson, a lot of times he's misunderstood dramatically because... Because people want to misunderstand. They want to misunderstand him because, he, you know, he dresses weird and, he, you know, he does, like, the gender-bending stuff and he always wears makeup and things. And it's like people, people are afraid of what they don't understand. He should be an icon in this generation, but no one mentions him. No. He doesn't sexually harass people he actually stands up for most uh gender people and everything like that he might say some offensive words in cds but he doesn't really care yeah uh about like your sexuality or anything like that he usually defends those people and i mean i even you know heard like the story that there was like a uh there was a girl one time that uh was like a fan of his and like went to one of his concerts and then um she ended up not having a, a place to stay for the night, and he gave that girl his hotel room. Yeah. So she'd have a place to stay, and she wouldn't have to like sleep in her car because something happened, and I, don't, I think she wasn't able to get her a hotel room of her own. And Manson gave her his hotel room, and he slept on the tour bus. So That's a piece of shit. <laughs> that's Marilyn Manson. That's Marilyn Manson. That, that, that describes who he is in a nutshell. Okay, so we have a couple more uh, previews. Or ads type yeah. thing to get through. <laughs> Previews to some fuckery is what they are yeah. <laughs> so far. It, Hopefully it one of these is legit, it, man. And then we have something else to come after that. So, Jimmy here. Who cares if I make my dildos out of animal pieces? Oh, is that Brian Cushing? Shit. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think he did. If he, if, if Brian's like, if he, Brian's crushing the pussy. Imagine what he's gonna do to a guy like that. That's making, he's making dildos out of animal parts. That's the, that's some like, that's some horror movie type that's stuff, some man. Messed up stuff. That's some man. messed up shit, man. 
Oh, I just, hold on, I just got an update. Hold on, there's a news feed coming in. What, uh, okay, what, on your phone? Yeah. This is Nigel Stanton, and I'm currently reporting on the status of the Marilyn Manson protests that are currently going on inside London. And, uh, oh, we actually have word that the protest for Jimmy the Dickman Jones has just recently ended. Let's go see what's going on with that. Oh, it appears as though Jimmy, Jimmy the Dickman Jones is now, he is now dead. I can now report that. What a tragedy. I think Brian Cushion killed Jimmy the Dickman Jones. <laughs> Should he probably? <laughs> that makes a whole lot of sense now. So... Uh, so does that mean we're not going to have to hear any more from Jimmy? I think he's dead. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that means the end. I hope he doesn't have any other recordings, like yeah. weird shitty sentence. Yeah, um, but so. Yeah. Because I, I don't know if I can handle any more of that. That's but some weird shit, you, man. I don't think Brian Cushion's going to get charged. They're probably going to be like, thank you. Yeah, this thank guy you, was like Christian. mutilating animals and making weird penises out of it. So let's yeah, he just. He's selling Hitler cocks and everything. This That's, dude was. Yeah, weird. dude's a fucking weirdo, man. Like. <laughs> that dude was God. crazy. He should be dead. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm just kind of glad that's over with. Okay, so uh, we had a thing to end the show. Um, these people. It's a SoundCloud thing. That's what you're listening to. It's on his own SoundCloud. Nextgenpromotion.com. Uh, or is it dot org? Hang on. Is it dot org or? Uh, let me see. Uh, I think it's dot org is what it was. Yeah, nextgenpromotion, nextgenpromotions.org. Okay, so they sent us an email. So go ahead and read the email that they sent us. Uh, yeah, hang on, let me go to it real quick because it's uh, uh, yeah, I should still have it saved in here. So, yeah, here it is. So this is uh, made by, uh, I'm assuming this is supposed to be a woman, and I'm doing this in quotes, uh, named Rosa. And it says, hey, Beyond the Hate podcast, I listened to the track you uploaded the other day. Really liked what I heard. I am actually a talent recruiter for Next Gen Promotions, and I'd like, uh, I'd like in helping you get your music greater exposure. You I don't believe- do music. Yeah, we do a podcast. It's actually in the uh, title of what you, If you look us up on SoundCloud, it says Beyond the Hate Podcast. We do not make music here. We do words. Yeah, we, we just speak words. Really? We, we have the best words. We have the best words. <laughs> um, it those says, are the ones we speak. Uh, I believe you could really expand your audience. Shoot me an email and we'll talk more about this. And this is uh, talent2 at nextgenpromotion.com. So John sent them an email. Yeah, so I was like, okay, well, since they're interested in our band and they're interested in our music, I'll go ahead and hit them up and see what you know, see what's up. So you know, I basically sent them an email and it said, you know, found your message on SoundCloud. That's the title of it. And then it says, um, uh, I would, uh, what I responded to was, this was sincere. I would be interested in what you could offer to our band. We are looking for a promoter that is a good fit for us because obviously we have. Crazy psycho is sending us stuff yeah, about we weird penis related things. Right. As a promoter for us, you would have to be open to overt usage of goat sacrifices, satanic overtones slash imagery, baphomets, flaming crosses, and occasionally self harm. <laughs> Hope to hear from you soon. So, 
And they and sent me a response. They sent us a response almost instantly. Uh, let's see. When was the? When did I send it? I think I got a response within what was it? Like thirty minutes, something like that. Yeah. Uh, it was within a half hour. I got a response. So uh, this is this is sent from Next Gen Promotions. Uh, it says, "Hey, thanks for getting back to me. Let me take a minute to fill you in on how our service works and how I can help you get your music more exposure." I realize it can be incredibly difficult these days to get your music heard, with thousands of tracks being uploaded to SoundCloud every day. Without proper backing, your music can get lost in the sea of content that is being uploaded, regardless of how good it may be. We have developed a music promotion website which allows you to put your SoundCloud tracks in front of thousands of interested listeners, targeting users based on genre tags and other tracks they have liked. We can share your music to thousands of people across the globe in just a matter of days giving your music the initial push it needs to get the ball rolling. Uh, this would be a great opportunity to gain news fans. That's that's verbatim. I said this exactly news how it's fans. typed. News fans. That's what we need. We need some news we fans. We need some news fans. Uh, maybe Bill O'Reilly. Since he, he, you know, he got fired, he has he stuff to do. He doesn't have anything. He can do. listen to Beyond the Hate. Yeah. Uh, and start, uh, start growing a serious following. If you're interested, you can start promoting your SoundCloud tracks directly from our website, nextgenpromotions.org. You should respond to him and say, "I have ten thousand gil. I will pay you right now." Yeah, I have I have a, a couple of magic staves that I can sell you because my my black mage doesn't need it anymore. You know, it does water damage, and I don't really do water damage unless I need it for that enemy. You know, but then, so would you take materia? And would you it? Would you take materia and trade? We can we can trade you the holy materia. If you don't understand what we're talking about, this is. This is how nerd talk. <laughs> yeah, this is all Final Fantasy talk. <laughs> but, uh, but the, like, when I get this, then I look this up because I'm like, this obviously has to be a scam. So I look this up, and what what it is is that they, they basically have it where you pay a certain amount of money, and then they say that they will give you promotion. You pay $5, and the promotion lasts from three to six days. How the hell are you going to grow a following in three to six days? Yeah, that takes time. So yeah. what we're saying is don't fall for this nextgenpromotion.org scam. And it's just a scam. I'm just fucking with these people. I might follow up and send them another thing about we, we might, heinous activity. We might keep we might keep doing this, and if we do, we're, we will... Uh, Every time I get a response back, I will read it, and I will read you what I sent to them. Because, because we, we don't sacrifice goats. Like We don't like burn crosses. We're not evil. I'm doing this to fuck with scammers. And if you guys have a problem with that, then hit us probably... up at the email. Hit them with the email. Beyond the hate at yahoo.com. Hit us because you're probably a scammer if you hate what we're doing. <laughs> right here. We're trying to save SoundCloud from these nextgenpromotion.org assholes. Right. But this has been Beyond the Hate. Peace. <laughs>